Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, so do enjoy those on us. Uh, once again, that is freetalklive.com. Now, in case you weren't listening, listening last night, uh, you probably don't know where we are tonight. Mark, where are we? We're at the Liberty Forum. What's that? <laughs> well, it's a, a gathering of, uh, wow, how many people do you think are here? Four or five? Over 300. Yeah, they, they, they had 300 registrants and quite a few walk-ins. So uh, 500 Liberty, I'm just going to It's in and out throughout yeah. the day, too. Yeah. So it's not, they might not all be here at the moment, but there's been a tremendous amount of people attending this year's Liberty Forum. And, of course, it's put on by the great people at the Free State Project. Mm-hmm. The whole purpose is to get people together, liberty activists, uh, people that love freedom. Get them all together in the same place. In this case, it's the uh, the very nice Crown Plaza Hotel in Nashua, New Hampshire. Can't say anything bad about this place. No, certainly not. Um, so we're all here and to get us together and to, to socialize and to, uh, to libate and have a good time with one another. And, mm-hmm. and then also uh, experience some great panel discussions uh, and presentations. In fact, I believe as we speak right now... Bernard von Nothaus will be taking the stage within a matter of minutes uh, in the main, I guess, uh, the dining area. So, as as was the case last year, we have responsibilities, we have to do a show, so we get to miss out on uh, Bernard's speech. But the, Yeah, we, we miss the big speakers, but we get to see the, uh, the, the rest of the panel, the discussions, do. and that kind of thing. Yep, it's a great time out here, and it's not over. Uh, this, this is going on all weekend long. Uh, in fact, it's only about halfway done at this point. Uh, tomorrow, all day long... You can come out here, and for just a few bucks, you can attend the Liberty Forum and see all kinds of great things. What are you going to tomorrow? Well, I I, you've highlighted your interests. I, it's not my interests; it's my uh, it's my job. I'm emceeing, uh, so I'm emceeing all of those. Yes. Uh, wow. I've em- I did uh, Bob Schultz today from We the People. Incredible. I, I like text my wife. I'm, I was I was upset that she didn't uh, arrive in time to see right. Bob Schultz. It was so good. He, um, I mean, he, 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 his presentation went all the way back to the Magna Carta. Wow. And um, I, how much of the Magna Carta have you read? None. Not me either. Okay. <laughs> and, um, Heard about it. Right. I, yeah. You know, we read about it it's in old. school. And, you know, he, he went ac- across this whole prote- um, p- the petition for redress of grievance, right. which is, of course, in the First Amendment. But nobody knows anything about it. The Supreme Court hasn't ruled on it uh, very seriously. And he went, uh, you know, just basically through its history. And it, it hasn't had much history, at least not in the last hundred years. And so, you know, they, they've got a court case in. And apparently the Supreme Court was hearing it today and will make their ruling on Monday as to uh, what, wow. what's going on with the we That's people. a huge case, by it the way. Is. I mean, just to kind of summarize it, you're probably a little more fresh than I am because you saw his presentation. I was uh, elsewhere at the time. Uh, but as I understand it, basically what's happened is it's a class action lawsuit against the federal government. And the purpose is to, to finally get the, the Supreme Court to rule on the meaning of the uh, right to petition clause of the First Amendment. Mm -hmm. In the history of this country, it's never been an issue. It's never been taken to the Supreme Court. And basically, it's I don't have my First Amendment in front of me, but it it essentially says you have a right to petition the government for a redress of grievances, in that if you have a grievance, and I certainly do, uh, if you have a grievance with this government, then you should be able to petition them and have them redress it, in that they should... um, 
come up with something to say right. and about if, your grievance. If they don't respond, um, there was a uh, – apparently the Continental Congress, the original one, not the second one that uh, put together the Declaration of Independence, but our Continental Congress more or less said that uh, uh, there was some issue with – Quebec back, uh, you know, 1775, and essentially they said, well, if um, the king doesn't redress the grievances, then they don't have to pay taxes. There's legal precedent for the We the People uh, organization to withhold, the, the people that are part of that organization to withhold their taxes until those grievances are redressed. It seems It seems sensible to me, and I completely support what they're doing. I think I might even be involved in the lawsuit. I don't really even remember. I'm pretty sure I signed up for it, but it's it's been so long. You know how how quickly the gears of uh, the legal system turn in this country. Yeah, so, I was a little scared to uh, withhold my uh, um, taxes at that point. Plus, I had withholding and all that stuff. But um, you know, I, I would I would sign up today, but their lawsuit's being uh, right. ruled. It's going to be so. heard. So um, I'm sure we'll get the latest on that uh, as it comes through and, and bring it to you here. I was attending the Gardner Goldsmith experience today, Mark. I went and saw our buddy Gardner. Uh, you hear him on the show from time to time. Mm-hmm. He was on last night with us. Uh, he did an excellent presentation on immigration in America. And he really, really went into some great detail as to how it is that, I mean, even though Gardner's a, a free market kind of guy and he'd like to get government the hell out of everything, mm-hmm. uh, he did approach it from a constitutional perspective. And he really laid it out to to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt, uh, not just using the Constitution, but also utilizing uh, some some court Supreme Court precedent and uh, the Texas uh, some laws that were passed in Texas, different laws, and he really tied it all in to prove that the federal government constitutionally has no jurisdiction. Over immigration, I would have liked to have heard that because yeah. I, I I remain somewhat dubious uh, as to his claim on that. I, I know Gardner's smarter than I am, right? I get that, but um, you know, I I would have liked to have heard him lay it out. I just you know I I have responsibilities. I'm seeing for the uh, he, basically event. what he pointed out was that the federal government constitutionally has uh, nationalization capability. Mm -hmm. And what that means is that people were supposed to be able to come here and immigrate here with no problems Mm -hmm. unless the state governments wanted to, you know, create a little immigration bureaucracy. And as he points out, it was uh, the Texas government that had created their own immigration department. And so he asks, well, why, if it's the federal government's purview, did Texas go and create their own immigration bureaucracy? Because it's not the federal government's purview. Otherwise, they wouldn't have gone, gone and done that. And there were some other reasons, too. But in the Constitution, it points out that they can uh, naturalize, which means that if someone comes here, they immigrate. They can live and be in America, but if they want to become a citizen, I don't know why they would want to become a citizen, but if they want to become a citizen, then they can go through this naturalization process, which is the purview of the federal government because it's offering up this citizenship concept to the immigrants. So that was the idea. Okay. And of course, it's come a long way since then uh, with them cracking down and turning this into a police state over immigration, which, of course, he also covered how you know they're planning on uh, forcing businesses to do serious identity checks on their workers and really just I mean, draconian penalties. Uh, and, of course, we've talked about it for the past few years on this show, the just absurd and, and awful uh, penalties that, that people are, are looking at for, for just hiring someone to fill a job. And pointing out that uh, in Texas there are apparently onions rotting in the fields because now there's this crackdown 
And it's actually apparently has been prohibiting some immigrants from crossing the border. Apparently there's a, a lesser flow of immigration as a result. Many of these jobs aren't being filled. Sure. Despite would, what the immigration uh, anti-immigration people say, oh, well, there's Americans that are waiting for these jobs. Well, well they, they are aren't. waiting. They, they are waiting for the jobs as long as they get paid 50 grand a year to do it. Yeah, that's and, not happening. And it's just not practical. I don't know about you, but I don't want to pay $3 for an onion. <laughs> right. So that's what's going to happen. Anyway, he did a great job, and I don't know if he'll be by, by later tonight. Of course, as always, we're going to try to pull in as many guests as possible. Right. I also emceed for uh, Peter Bagg, who's a uh, he's a cartoonist for Reason Magazine, and I did uh, Thomas Edlam, who is going to be on the show. We're going to talk to him. Now, who's Thomas Edlam? That gentleman right well, over there. I see him there. I'm asking for the benefit of the listeners. <laughs> well, he's a uh, former talk show host, and he uh, has a couple of websites, AndyWar.com. And, um, oh, cool. Yeah. So... It, we're going to talk Andy to him. Andywar.com is a huge website. Sounds huge. right. It, it, he has something to say. But anyway, okay. I don't well, think it's we'll, entirely his. But We'll certainly bring him in here in a moment. Let's go to the phones quickly, though, and talk to Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee. Gene, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, hi there. Uh, I'm glad to hear Bob Schultz is doing well. I, I'm on that uh, petition myself, and uh, I, I met him once in Reno. He's a great guy. Excellent, yeah. Gene. Um, What's on your mind tonight? I wanted to talk about... The uh, obvious bias in the media. Now, we all know that there's bias in the media, and it's not surprising. I will admit last... to being biased. I would like to just take a moment to admit that. Yeah. And, uh, but underhanded dirty tricks are not very nice. And I want you to explain what you mean by I that. Went... I'd like to, get, uh, to bring you back for that. So hang on, Gene. More with Gene, the Christian anarchist. Uh, we'll also talk with Thomas Edlam on the way here. I know uh, Jim Babka is milling around the building from DC.org. We might be able to grab him and pull him in here. Uh, our very own Johnson, store manager, is sitting in the studio. We'll talk to him eventually here as well. And you can call in, as always, and bring up anything. 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Uh, even though we're live from the Liberty Forum, the 2008 New Hampshire Liberty Forum, uh, it's still your show, and you can still always bring up anything. Uh, so once again, that's 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away. So those features include, by the way, archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just go and grab it for free. FreeTalkLive.com. And your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does that bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. That's SavvyRest.com. For the sleep you've been dreaming of, SavvyRest.com. We go back to Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee. Gene, who had a thing or two to say about the media and bias, so go for it. And and nasty tricks, and that that's the part that I don't like. Uh, last night I went on the ABC News website, and uh, they had the story about the uh, about the caucus, of course. And they have a thing where you can post your comments, and mm -hmm. there were uh, several comments there. I think about forty or so, and uh, only a couple Ron Paul supporters. And I thought, well, gee, that's kind of funny because usually there's a lot of Ron Paul supporters that make post comments. And you have to be registered to post, and of course I'm registered as Christian Anarchist. I went on there and I posted a very simple little Ron Paul thing, because I think going from 2% to 
in a matter of a week is pretty darn good. Yeah, I would so say. I put on there. I put on there. Go, Ron Paul, the only honest man in this race. That's all. That was my post, and I put it on there, and I refreshed the page, and there it was, and I refreshed the page again, and it was gone. Wow. So, whoa, man, they deleted that fast. So then I just went ahead and I posted it again, the exact same message. I refreshed the page a couple of times and it was still there. So come back a couple hours later, check the messages, it's gone again. Hmm. So now I'm, I'm, I'm angry. You know, it's so such I a get, shame. Uh, you know, this is the yeah, same organization right. that, uh, you know, on one hand employs John Stossel, which is, is great, and they deserve credit for that. But then on the other hand, when John Stossel did an hour-long interview with Ron Paul, they elected to not put it on the airwaves. They only released it on the Internet. And, you know, it got some views online, obviously. But the, the television audience, many of whom probably don't really get on the Internet very often, were, uh, as a result, completely unexposed to Ron's message. So there's definitely some shenanigans going on behind the scenes. So anyway, a few hours later, I get online, I see my message is gone again. So I posted it a third time. This time I put on there, right after I posted the same message, I said, P.S., this is the third time I posted this message. The first two times were deleted. I said, what's up? That one stayed on for a little while. And huh. uh, I went back and checked it a few hours later, and that one was gone. And not only that, as I was looking back through the messages, I saw a few of the other Ron Paul messages that were allowed to stay on there by whoever were also deleted. So it, it makes it look like everybody posting on ABC News is for... Romney and and Huckabee right. and all this stuff, and in reality, what they're doing is they're deleting the Ron Paul posts just about as fast as they can get them on there. That's despicable, Gene. Thanks for bringing that sure. up tonight, and uh, thank you for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The as... establishment media just doesn't want Ron Paul to even have a shot. Well, and let's bring another member of the media in here. Uh, his name is Thomas Edlam. Uh, we'll call him Tom. Tom, welcome to Free Talk Live. How are you tonight, sir? I'm all right, but how dare you call me a member of the media? <laughs> well, you you said you work for a radio company. I uh, do, here and, and, and and I of course I'm a writer as well uh, for uh, LouRockwell.com. Oh, I love LouRockwell.com and, and, uh, and uh, Pro Libertate. So excellent. So uh, so I mean, just hearing Gene's comments there a moment ago, how do you feel about that? I mean, are, are you do you experience you know in the, the organizations you work for? I know you work for a large uh, radio syndicator. Do you, do you experience sort of that sort of backhanded, behind-the-scenes uh, manipulation? Do you see any of that going on? Oh, well, big time. I mean, you know, the, the, some, some of the networks screen calls very heavily. And, sure and many of them screen out the Ron Paul callers. And, and, and if, you listen, if you listen carefully, they'll open, many of them will admit it. Really? Just, that's, that's how it is with, with radio. I mean... If, what do they tell? What do the screeners tell the callers when they call in? Oh man, they will. You know, and and I've had to do screening, and, mm-hmm. and I will not lie to someone, and that that's why I hate doing screening. Cause, right. Because well, I'm sorry you can't get on. You know why? Because uh, you're too old. You're too this. You're too that. You yeah. Know, whatever. Uh, but uh, they they will just use any excuse I mean, to to get not let them on the air. I mean, and it's interesting if you sound if you meet the demographic if you want to talk about the subject that they want you to talk about. On most of their major radio talk shows, uh, whether they be metropolitan or national, uh, they'll let you on right away. They'll re- let you on right ahead of the sure. uh, ahead of the queue. It's not like you sit in line uh, 
It's like, not first like, come, first serve. Yeah, it's 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 not like that voice cue, like in voicemail, your call will be answered in the question order it was answered. No, that's not the way it is, all right? Not in talk radio. Sure. Well, then, now, that's understandable. I mean, for instance, uh, we here on Free Talk Live, it's it's an open, open phones policy. Anyone can call about any virtually anything. We do have an age um, requirement that we from, from way back. We don't really get that. Um, what are you get, talking about? We used to have a 16 and up policy when we were on the no, FM station. we never had that policy. We never had that? Nope, sorry. Never, not on this show. That was the pr- uh, the show that came before us. They had a 25 and up policy. Uh, anyway, we we let anybody on as long as they're you know as long as they're going to be FCC compatible. Uh, you know, we'll sit- certainly let them on to talk. But the the restrictions from these other shows. Uh, I, I mean, I understand taking calls in certain order because if you're on one topic and you've got five callers on that topic, obviously you don't want to change to a different topic unnecessarily. So there's there's something to be said for structure. But at the same time, exclusion is another issue, and that's what these people are doing. You know, if you want to get on and stroke Sean Hannity's ego, they're going to let you on. But if you want to challenge him and you sound intelligent, you you're probably a great aren't. American, Ian. You're a great, <laughs> great American. American. You're a great American. Oh, that's what they call. That's, that's what, they, what they say to Sean. Okay. I'm so unfamiliar with this product. Well, that you know, that's to your credit. <laughs> so it's uh, you know, it's that's just how it is in in most of the talk radio world. If you can get through, you're lucky to even get on. And they ask you so many questions. Like they want to know everything you're going to say before you get on the air. And if you start to deviate, they'll drop your call, right? If you get on and then you start to pull, bring up something different, there's a chance you might just it, get dumped. It depends, and you know, it makes it difficult if you start to deviate at it, during the call. You know, if you if you get into it and then you start to deviate, it's tough to during live radio. Sure, it really is. I mean, you know, occasionally if you listen to someone like Bill O'Reilly, he'll cut someone off and say, "Well, you lied," and you're to the screener. Yeah, he'll say that. Who's who's usually making the decision to dump on a major talk show like that? Is it the host himself hitting the button, or is no. he signaling, or is the producer just on his own deciding what is and what is the, not appropriate? The producer makes the call, makes a decision. Got it. Hmm. So he just works close enough with a guy, often enough to know what he wants and what he doesn't. Yes, and then of course you know before you could even get dumped by the producer, you have to pass the call screener, and and the call screener is is probably the toughest one to get by. Now, you, said they, you said they look for demographics. Go ahead with your one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You said they look for particular demographics. How does that work with the? I, I don't. Give me an idea what shows look for. I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't know that they were looking for demographics like that. And I've I've only called a few shows. I'm not willing to wait a long time on the air. Uh, you know, on on the phone, for, so I don't call like the daytime talkers. I I've called the Lionel show at night, and you know some some national He's late, late night ones. What, yeah, one of the problems is AM Talk Radio, the demographic, is getting older and older. Right. And, and therefore, a lot of the AM Talk Radio stations are going for the younger demographic. You're young, you get on right away. You're a woman, you get on right away. Hmm. The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. And if you're a woman, you get on right away. Well, that is actually one of the, uh, the rules here on Free Talk Live, for the most part. Uh, 800-259-9231. More with uh, Tom Edlam, author, radio man, uh, general media expert, I guess. <laughs> More coming up. You can take control. Bring up anything. It is your show. Free Talk Live, live from the Liberty Forum. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it is Ian here with you. And Mark. 
1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, uh, and those features include the bulletin board system, over 300,000 posts for you to surf around through, serious issues and fun stuff. You'll find it all, and it's all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That is bbs.freetalklive.com. Uh, once again, broadcasting live for night two of three uh, from the New Hampshire Liberty Forum in uh, beautiful Nashua, New Hampshire. It's a little chilly outside, but uh, nice and toasty warm here in the hotel. Still not too late for you to come out and join the fun. Uh, tomorrow, there's a whole full day of uh, exciting things coming up. We're, we'll talk more about what's coming up tomorrow in a little while. Of course, Ron Paul is going to be here on Sunday to close everything out, so I know a lot of people are looking forward to that. I'm sure a number of people will be coming up just to see Ron Paul on Sunday. So get more details at uh, freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Yeah, um, as a matter of fact, SACL CAI is a big uh, sponsor of the Liberty Forum here. They they sponsored the cocktail hour, or time, I guess, cocktail couple of hours that yeah. was uh, last night, and uh, Jason's been the Jason Osborne, the owner, uh, and his father, uh, Mike Osborne, are wandering around here, and they've got uh, banners all over the place. And if you have a company that needs to uh, try something new in the area collections, call SACL CAI. They collect with respect. You can check out their banner at freetalklive.com. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. So, as always, when we're at the Liberty Forum, we bring people in, uh, pe- people who are speaking at the forum. Also, just have a, sometimes we just have an open microphone, and our listeners can come by, sit in, uh, just like calling in the show, except you're actually here on a mic. Uh, but, but right now, we've got one of the speakers from earlier today, Tom Edlam. Uh, he's not only a, a radio talk show host, but he's also an author at LouRockwell.com. Love LouRockwell.com. It's a, a definitely one of my favorite show prep websites. I, I have to admit that... I prefer his blog to his website. The blog. I, I don't great. write for the blog. I write for the website, but I prefer the blog. Yeah, I, I'm sort of addicted to the blog. I am too. Uh, I, the only thing I wish uh, the blog had was comments, but I'm actually glad it doesn't have comments because I just spend more time there, reading and posting comments. So, on one hand, I want it, but on the other hand, I know it'd be bad if if he put comments on. So. All right. Anyway, uh, you know, we've, we're sitting here talking shop about radio and how call screening works, and and I think a lot of people don't really know those things, and they find them interesting. But but uh, you, you were mentioning during the break, maybe we should get into an issue, and uh, you brought up immigration. Of course, that's probably one of the hottest issues in America, and in my opinion, the most misunderstood issue in uh, currently in American politics today. I think that. Uh, Immigration people people look at these immigrants that are coming here as bad folk. Right, they're breaking the law, Ian. Right, oh, they're illegals, and they they just most of them, the super majority, ninety plus percent, they want to come here and make a better life for themselves. And it seems like all people want to do nowadays, whether they be Republicans or Democrats or whatever, it seems like all they want to do is put up more barriers, more restrictions, uh, not just to the Im- to the immigrants, but also to American business people and, heck, even uh, even landlords. I mean, they're talking about all kinds of crazy restrictions that, you know, uh, fascist police state mentality. You'll have to, you know, check people's identification, and if you're wrong, you could be liable. And, I mean, this is this a country you want to live in, Tom? Well, I want to live in this country, but I don't want to live under those right. kind of rules. Yeah, yes, checkpoints yes. and mandates and uh, police kicking down businesses' doors. That, that's this really is what crazy. It, that's really what it's all about. I mean, the, the federal government has failed to uh, provide that screen at the border. Uh, you know, we just talked during the break. I, my view is the same as that of James Madison. We ought to allow anyone who can contribute to our society to come into it, which is basically anyone 
who has a job, and all we need to do is screen out the people who are convicted murderers, terrorists, and quarantine for a short period of time to make sure that, that they don't have a communicable disease or something. That's pretty much it. And if you did that much, you would, I think, get rid of most 99% of the resentment. But what you're talking about is a lot of the politicians are using this as 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 a means to scapegoat immigrants to say, oh, they're lawbreakers, they they're bad people and and we ought to just kick them all out and 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 create this this sort of false alternative that is police state because mm-hmm. the it's the federal government that's failed now they want to well, of what, course. now what they want to do is they want to blame the employers the landlords and 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 turn them right. into agents of police in, in furtherance of this or this criminals failed. either they're going to be the agents or they're going to be that's the right. criminals it's one, it's one or the other and that's uh, that's a Hobson's choice. Well, yeah, you know, uh, it's 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 funny you uh, mentioned James Madison and what his thoughts on immigrants were. You know, he's a, he'd be considered a real radical. The author of our Constitution would be considered a real radical these days, compared to uh, you know what we've got going. And I, you know, I, 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 it amazes me how little Americans know about the founding fathers. You know, Tom, I agree with a, l- a lot of what you said, but I, there is a point I will disagree at. You're right that the federal government has failed, and that's what they do best. Is fail. Yes. So I don't really think it's in anybody's best interest to have them doing anything at all when it comes to immigration. The fact is, uh, the real problem is welfare, right? The problem is that there's this, as Mark likes to say, this bowl of milk that's been left out, and what a shock, you've got stray cats coming, and they're, you know, feeding off the system. If we get rid of welfare, then that eliminates the, the undesirable form of immigrant. In fact, if we get rid of welfare and get rid of the war on drugs... Then that eliminates two of the uh, undesirable drug types dealers. Of is another issue that, right. that people like to harp on. But you know, to tell you the truth, that's kind of a misnomer. Illegal immigrants take very, very little that's in the true. form of welfare. They they don't qualify. And, oh, you're right about so, that, but people but think they it do. It is a perception. Yes, right. I agree. I agree. And they uh, they send their kids to school, and that's that one could call that a, a form of welfare. And they sometimes they go to hospitals, and hospitals are required to treat them. I I would imagine the hospitals would do it anyway. Charity wings. Right. That's just that's just my perception. Right. But people, uh, you know, they 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 resent that, and I can understand why they resent that. What I don't go with is the the they're taking our jobs kind of resentment because well they're not your job. I mean you know free talk lives our business and if we decide to employ somebody it's not your job it's not a job that belongs to an american it's a job that belongs to us and we get to decide who people um who works for us that's right the employer decides who to hire and who to fire or at well, least right now they he ought to yes <laughs> they want to change that and i find it very disturbing and uh, and very frightening and, and it's and it's just it's such an important issue because people just have so many misconceptions like, oh, they're coming here to take our jobs. Gardner Goldsmith get, did, uh, did a great presentation earlier today uh, addressing that, and it's just, it's just absolute nonsense. There's no finite supply of jobs. People that believe that, that, uh, that to be the case, they just don't understand economics. More people coming in doing work for a small amount of money is good because then the products cost less. We all have more money in our pocket to spend and save or whatever and make our lives better. But if we're forced to, uh, to subsidize American jobs with, uh, you know, by keeping people out of this country, that's going to raise prices and lower the standard of living for every American. Right. It's, it's, I'm, I'm sorry. It's very simple when you um, think about it. You know, if, if some guy, you know, suppose an illegal um, immigrant comes to, decides to open a lawn mowing business, if he comes to your door and offers to mow your lawn for $100, 
you're not really in the market, likely. I mean, somebody out there is going to think that's a good deal. But $100, you're not likely in the market. And how big your lawn, how big your driveway is. It's sure. a big, yeah, it's a big, big, big lawn for 100 bucks. But um, if he offers for 15 perhaps you just immediately got into the market for having somebody mow your lawn. And that's why there's no finite amount of jobs. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And, you know, is it... it of course, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry, but, but uh, Ian, you said you. What, would, what did you just say? Just said before. Uh, well, I was talking about how the federal government shouldn't be involved at all in any of this. I don't yeah. know if that was what you were referencing. Uh, well, uh, well, my train of thought was derailed. What can I say? <laughs> so, what do you think about uh, Ron Paul's placing in the uh, Iowa caucus? You know, I, I, I can't say I was disappointed because he actually went above. Uh, in double ab- digits. Above what he was pulled at. Well and, above, yes. And, uh, well, I I knew it wasn't going to be one of his strong states. Yeah. So as long as he keeps doing better each time, the, the, the way things will work is as long as Mitt Romney doesn't win uh, or, or Huckabee doesn't win in New Hampshire, and it looks like neither one is going to, uh, it's going to be great for them. Time will tell. We'll certainly know more as of next week. Uh, Tom Edlam from LewRockwell.com, AntiWar.com. Do you have your own website? Or are you DangerousTalk.com. That's easy, DangerousTalk.com. Very good, Tom. Great having you on the show. Uh, and thanks for coming out to the Liberty Forum here oh, this weekend. It. It's a great it. event. Thank right, you again. Thank you. 800-259-9231. Phones are kind of loaded up. We'll go to your calls and talk to you about whatever you want. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it is Ian here with you. And Mark. And Nick sitting in. Nick sitting in uh, here on microphone number three. Of course, uh, as you know, he uh, co-hosts with us uh, during the week usually. Uh, and, of course, he's also a member, not a Free State Project member, but a, uh, an activist, a New Hampshire native, uh, and the host, one of the hosts, of Free Minds TV, which you can see at freemindstv.com. Great little public access show uh, done here in uh, or in our home area of Keene, New Hampshire. So, uh, so, Nick, you just arrived at the Liberty Forum today, I believe. I did. I arrived this afternoon, and I'm actually, we're not doing uh, Free Minds TV this afternoon, but we're having a camera come up tomorrow morning, and we'll probably catch quite a bit of good footage throughout the day tomorrow. Excellent. So. Some interviews and that sort of thing, I imagine? Uh, interviews, um, just panel speakers get in there and, and tape some of the speeches, little segments. I mean, just there's all kinds of good stuff to film here. We're going to kind of have to budget ourselves on time. Right. One of the things I love about uh, this event is there are so many people with cameras. Uh, so, I mean, uh, pretty much every event is being, or every speech is being recorded. Uh, I know that uh, one of our listeners, Sam from Texas, is here shooting a documentary. Uh, I mean, it's just amazing. Of course, Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com is also here doing his work. So what great, uh, what a great amount of coverage, and it's all being provided by the Free State people, by the, the Liberty activists. I mean, it's just incredible. Well, if the mainstream media won't pay attention to you, your other options really, especially with the Internet now, is to become the media exactly. and document what, document what you're doing, what your group is doing yourself, and put it out there. And it's so easy to do now. You know what? We should take some phone calls. They've been holding on. Uh, let's go right into the calls here and talk to Mike in Wisconsin. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Mike. Hello. Hey there. Yes. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, I'm calling to talk about, uh, tell you about my experience in Iowa. I was down for the Ron Paul Christmas vacation, uh, hosting of 300 college kids down there. Mm-hmm. Wow. It was a, it was pretty cool. I, I heard you guys talking about it the other night on the show. Uh, I think Ian was reading an article about it in the Washington Post. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, 
huge amount of, of uh, young people that had come into Iowa to campaign for Ron Paul, very similar to a number of the people that have come in for Operation Live Free or Die, also campaigning for Ron Paul here in New Hampshire. Yeah, it was uh, it was just a great experience, and it was just awesome to be around so many uh, young people that are, you know, of the libertarian mindset, and, uh, you know, and I don't. I hope people won't be disappointed with the Iowa results because uh, you know we beat Giuliani. We came in you know at, at double digits, and you know this this movement is about the message more than uh, any any candidate by far. You know, and, uh, and you another know. thing is that what they what people probably don't know is that if you go precinct by county by county, um, Ron Paul never places lower than fifth, which is where he came in. Um, you know, on this, and but he often places fourth and third, and in a few counties he was even second, right behind Huckabee. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, you know we we were hoping for maybe you know, like a third place, and that would have been a huge story. But you know we were only four points out of third place. I mean, four points is like maybe a, a thousand votes or something like mm-hmm. that. I mean, it was really a small number. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty close. You know, and a couple points from McCain, and um, but yeah, I mean, it was amazing to see that many kids willing to you know come down there on their own expense and. You know, spend a week you know, knocking on doors. And I'm curious, and Mike. I mean, I imagine you had a chance to have uh, conversations yeah. with several of them. What were their stories? I mean, can right. you give us a couple of uh, of highlights? You know, how did they get active? Were they interested in uh, this sort of thing before getting active in politics, or was it the Ron Paul campaign that really brought them in? What was? Uh, give us a story or two. Well, uh, a lot of the people I talked to were LP members. Um, some of them were actually like um, weren't really involved in politics at all, and then they, you know, they stumbled across Ron Paul on a YouTube video or something, and mm-hmm. they're like, "Wow, you know, this guy's different than you know the typical establishment that you see in both parties," and you know that's what got them involved. And um, you know, there's even some you know Democrats in that even that were that were there and. You know, worse, and you kind of getting sick of the Democratic Party, and you know, it was just, it was a great thing to see that, uh, you know, none of the other campaigns were able to do this, and you know, they don't have the grassroots effort. I mean, I know uh, Mitt Romney's campaign uh, was trying to get kids down there, and that, and I have a couple of friends that were down there for that. Right. Um, but no luck. Huh? You know, none of the other campaigns have this kind of enthusiasm. That's just awesome. And, uh, and so you were out there helping out with that, and I'm sure the Ron Paul uh, people really appreciated it. What's your next? What are you doing next? Um, well, right now I'm just taking a week off trying to recover. But uh, I live in Wisconsin, so maybe uh, something will, will will still be in play uh, on February 19th. But uh, I'm right next to Minnesota, so I'd like to go there and help out and. They got they're involved in Super Tuesday, so what an uh, amazing group! I mean, it's just but, uh, a, such an such an amazing group of people. Uh, the, these activists oh, that yeah, the Ron yeah. Paul campaign has essentially created in many cases uh, to to travel somewhere else to go to another state on your own dime uh, and get active for a politician. I mean, this is unprecedented, yeah. I think. And Mike, thanks for the call tonight. We appreciate hearing from you. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the SACL CAI toll free line. And Let's, those guys did what they had to do in Iowa. I mean, no one was expecting him to finish, you know, top three, really. But they did They did as well as they could really reasonably expect in Iowa, and it's thanks to volunteers like him. He almost did, uh, you know, it almost was top three. If you look at the numbers close, and how many... It was close. It was very, very close for third, fourth, and fifth. And, uh, you know, I mean, he, he finished right up there with the top-tier candidates. Yeah, he was. he was almost had Joe McCain in the early reporting, so... Mm-hmm. We will continue with your phone calls and talk to Tony in Arizona. Tony, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Mark, and Nick. Tony, Arizona, going once. Hello. Hey, Tony, what's on your mind tonight? 
I doubt very much that it, what I'm going to say is going to even get over the airway because I notice you have about a 40-word time delay between... You must the, be listening uh, on the Internet. No, there's, that's just the encoding delay. But what's on your mind tonight, Tony? Well, it started in 1937 uh, in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, the Holiday Hotel, where I uh, inadvertently was taken uh, by a party that told me to wait in the car, and I walked in where he went in, and I overheard a conversation at a meeting that they were going to control every American's movement by taxing their heartbeat. Taxing, taxing and, uh, their heartbeat? In 39? Yes. And uh, uh, they, they, they referred to it as this. And then in, in 1962, I went to a meeting in Odessa, Texas, where I was picking up a multi-engine aircraft, and I was waiting for the ferry permit to uh, ferry the airplane back to mm-hmm. Tucson. And in there, there was a, a fellow that was offering $300,000 to anybody who could uh, possibly sell to him or give to him that he didn't have to pay the federal government, the state or the county or the city for the right to use the item over and above the item that he was going to dispose What are you of. referring to? What item, sir? Well, the, 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 when I had a self-winding watch, and I said, well, you don't need uh, to put batteries, you don't have to wind it, and you could use this, and I wanted to collect my $300,000. He said, Tony, if you don't eat federally taxed food, he said, you won't get the energy to swing your arm to wind the watch. Mm. And uh, the, the party that, uh, that I witnessed uh, at this meeting was in a wheelchair, and I was looking at him from the back. So when you're I saying that, let me see if I understood this. this is a, now, hold on a second there. It's, it's kind of hard for me to follow. You're saying you happened to encounter someone who told you you better eat federally taxed food or you won't be able to wind your watch? Right. There's 281 federal taxes on a slice of bread. Wow. And so when you eat the federally we'll taxed bread, your it. heart continues to beat and you continue to move. Now, the biggest... Uh, so bread uh, without... Ta- ta- hold on a second now. Wait, wait, wait. I just want to make sure I understand. You're saying if they don't tax the bread, then it becomes poisonous? No, they've taxed the bread to make you pay for the right to move, to speak and to hear. If you, when you get up out of, out of bed in the morning, the first thing you do is you may put on federally taxed wash clothing because you, they've taxed the soap and the water and the electric to deliver the, the, the water to you. Then you go to the refrigerator that's federally taxed and you open the door with the federally taxed energy. Right, Tony, I see where you're coming from. You're saying that taxes are in just, they're intrinsic in everything. Invasive. And and, uh, that we deal with in our daily lives, and I completely understand that part. Why did you think uh, we weren't going to let you on the air? That's what I want to know. That's your right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now it's a fee for the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Right, yes, we are in complete agreement with that. Now, Tony, Tony... government from taxing exports. What I want to know so is why you thought we weren't going to let you on the air. Right. I don't think this is going to go out and people are going to hear this. Yeah, well, why uh, do you think I, that? I can tell you our Bilderberger Masters won't like it. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, see, the, 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 this actually started with Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, did it? Well, when, you know, we don't, uh, have, we don't have time for a history lesson, Tony, but I, no, again, right, why that, do you area, think we wouldn't let you on the air? Tony, you either answer the question or we will let you go. Why do you think we wouldn't let you on the air? Because uh, of the censorship of the media and the uh, 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 times that I've heard 
a, a minister who is bringing out the truth about 9-11. Well, I'm happy to prove you wrong, uh, Tony, because we did let you go on the air. In fact, you were on the air on dozens of radio stations and uh, the Internet feed and everything. So thanks for the call tonight. And... Well, while he's a little paranoid and maybe a crackpot, he's, he's right. He is right about right. the taxes. The, the More bread the is evil. Yep. This is your show. Hour two's coming up. We're live from the Liberty Forum, and you, as always, can bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you uh, to bring up whatever's on your mind. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And Nick. Uh, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Uh, once again, that is freetalklive.com. Tonight... We are here at the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, the 2008 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. It's the second one ever, and uh, we had the honor, honor of being able to broadcast live from the first, and we are once again back here for the second one, hoping you're going to come out and join us if you're in the New England area and you want to spend some time maybe seeing some great presentations uh, by some uh, some Liberty, great uh, sort of libertarian name speakers, if you will. They're going to be here, in fact, tomorrow I believe Barry Cooper from NeverGetBusted.com is going to be in the hotel and uh, giving a presentation. I'll I'll pull up the rest of the information here in a moment. Uh, But really, it's been a great event so far, and it's only about halfway done. So if if all you can come up for is just one day, there are daily prices. Uh, You don't have to pay for the whole package. You can just come up, spend the day out here, and, and meet some wonderful people, some amazing activists, Hundreds of liberty-oriented individuals and families are here in uh, in the, this hotel tonight, or in this weekend. It's the Crown Plaza in Nashua, New Hampshire. All the details are at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That, again, freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Uh, Bernard von Nuthouse, right now, from the Liberty Dollar, is giving the keynote speech. Apparently, he dressed up as a pirate, apparently, to give the Her. keynote speech. So uh, that sounds uh, sounds like a lot of fun, and I wish we could be experiencing that. But uh, tomorrow, all kinds of things are going on. Uh, let's see, who's going to be here? B- uh, Jim, Jim, uh, Jim Babka from DownsizeDC.org. I, of course, am always looking forward to seeing Jim speak. He's a great speaker, entertaining mm-hmm. Always uh, fun to watch him. Uh, again, Barry Cooper is going to be here. And there's going to be some panels about uh, various different things all weekend long. Uh, one guy's uh, here talking about how to live free of the IRS. That, I have a feeling, is going to be a well-attended presentation tomorrow morning. Uh, so once again, freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum will get you more information on what's going on here this weekend. Um, so, Mark, during the, uh, the news break, you told me that you had an update on the Russell Mean situation, the Lakota Nation, from what we understood, was essentially withdrawing from treaties that mm-hmm. they had signed with uh, many years ago with uh, the United States government because the U.S. government is just terrible and awful and was running roughshod over their freedoms and uh, getting them addicted to welfare. Uh, just they're just they treat them awfully and terrible. Uh, and so they pulled out. They've said, screw this. We're going to do our own thing. We're going to start our own nation. And we had Russell Means on, who is a, an American Indian activist. He's also a libertarian uh, and a, an actor. You might remember him from Last of the Mohicans. He was on our show about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, talking about this issue. And you've got an update, Mark. Right. Uh, I got it from uh, freedomsphoenix.com. It's uh, through George Mason's University History News Network. Um, it's by a- Amy Sturgis. 
It says, since Russell Means, who some of you may recall, challenged Ron Paul for the presidential nomination of the Libertarian Party in 1988, and my understanding lost by one vote. He did. Um, and the Lakota Freedom Movement announced plans to take historic action to reclaim freedom under natural, international, and U.S. law. A debate has raged about who legitimately represents the Lakota Sioux. Susan Schoen Harjo, president of the uh, Morning Star Institute, don't know what they do, in Washington, D.C., named Russell Means and the Lakota Freedom Movement to her Mantle of Shame Awards for 2007, saying that newsflash to Means, treaties are made between nations. You are a person, not a nation. You are not empowered to speak from the great Sioux Nation. However, on December 27th, news broke that um, suggested that Means' approach does have some resonance with, if not support from, the Standing Rock, uh, the Standing Rock Sioux Tribal Council. Tribe official says uh, councilwoman uh, council will consider treaty pullout. To quote, Avis Little Eagle says she understands the frustration that led Lakota activists to announce a plan to withdraw from the tribe's treaties mm-hmm. with the U.S. government. However, the vice chairwoman of the Standing Rock Sioux Tribal Council advocates holding the federal government to the provisions of the treaty rather than withdrawing. How are they going to do that? I don't know how they're going to do that. They're just going to continue to pander. Yeah. And Means um, has responded by uh, dismissing the legitimacy of the current American um, Indian tribal governments recognized under U.S. law. Well, they're flunkies. Ter- right? Terming the uh, members to be Vichy Indians, uh, collaborators, well, and beggars. That's a very, I think that's a very poor move on his part. If he if he dismisses the legitimacy of the existing tribal governments, mm-hmm. um, what what else is there? I mean, if he says this government's illegitimate, and then at some point a few years down the line they actually do vote, do endorse what he says, right? Then the U.S. government Suddenly can use legitimate. what he said and say, nope, they're not legitimate. Even you said it yourself; it's not a legitimate government. Very poor choice. I don't know that uh, I. I, I don't. He probably knows uh, better what's going on there than than anyone oh, else. Yeah. And uh, likely those people are, you know, they're, they're the leaders. Our politicians get the, uh, the the cream from our production, and their leaders likely get the cream from theirs. But it's not like the Dakota tribe, to my knowledge, at least my guess at it would be that they don't necessarily have a written constitution or a written set of rules on how their government functions and what what processes are legitimate. I have a feeling it's more of a traditional mm-hmm. government that. I don't know how they select their leaders, but whether it's hereditary or they vote, well, it's probably just a traditional government. So it's kind of hard to establish legitimacy. We know there's money coming in from the federal government, right? So the these idea. bureaucrats or elected people or whoever they are that's on this council, the Lakota Nation right. Council, uh, they're, they're clearly the political – I would say they're probably some sort of selectees. They're politically connected. They're likely getting cut a check uh, a nice big check from the federal government to you know they're they're like the uh, the 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 Lakota equivalent of a friendly dictator to the United States basically you know they've got them in their pocket they're gonna jump through whatever hoops uh, the U S demands because they're getting rich off of uh, impoverishing their people that's just me looking at it from from understanding what Russell has said it seems likely and, to me and his attitude accurate. toward this I. I, I wonder how much success they're going to have if they don't have the legitimate governments of the Lakota Nation uh, w- willing to withdraw from the treaties with the United States. I don't, it, I well, don't know. Well, that's the problem. Are they legitimate? What makes a government legitimate, right? The consent of the governed. Isn't that supposed to the be The view what of is? the other government. Because you understand that the, the feet on the ground, uh, I, I understand what you're saying but from an abstract point of view. But if I'm currently in the Lakota Nation, and I say, well, I'm part of this Lakota Nation, too. I, I'm renouncing my United States citizenship, and I'm going to be part of this. And then uh, I get pulled over going 70 in a uh, 60. 
by a uh, police officer, you know, South Dakota mm-hmm. Highway Patrol, and they say, license and registration. I say, I'm part of the Lakota Nation. I burned my driver's license, and I wouldn't give it to you anyway, piggy. Now, be gone. No things are going to be easy. Things are going to go really poorly for me. Well, again, it's not going to be a walk in the park either way. Right, but this isn't a secession. It's uh, it's a withdrawal from a treaty. So the matter of legitimacy counts. Tell that to the highway patrol it, guy. This has it's not. This has nothing to the strategy they're taking with a withdrawal as a sovereign nation from a treaty. It it, it really does matter whether the U.S. views their government whatever right. whatever we view as their legitimate government. They have to make the decision. That's a good point, and that was my original complaint. I didn't bring it up with Russell because it didn't seem to be any point in in arguing this. I mean, he's got what he wants to do, and he's going to go for it. But the issue is the nation. Uh, the woman in the, the quote early in the article said, well, Russell, is a, he's a person. He's not a nation. Well, what is a nation anyway? It doesn't mm-hmm. exist. Right. It's a concept. It's nothing more than an idea. Uh, there are individuals. We know that. But there's there, land. Right. And there's land. But there's no such thing as a nation. And, and, and you're right. That's where I think he is, uh, he's making a mistake in that he's claiming that uh, there's this nation and they want to have their own well, nation. Well, you say it's a mistake. I say it's probably a lot more likely that if a nation... An Indian tribe withdrew from a treaty that that would be recognized as legitimate, right. as opposed to a, just a secession. Well, I agree with you, but if it's true that the nation is being controlled by these illegitimate people that are just uh, function government functionaries, then the odds of that actually happening are very slim. Now he did bring the Bolivian uh, embassy into this and a few South American embassies uh, because he was talking about that. He said that he'd gone to some of the other world embassies and had them recognize the Lakota Nation as a separate entity and that they were. So it sounded like he was making some progress toward actually making that happen. Though if he did, if he did in fact get diplomatic recognition from other countries, that's a start. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not. I, I just don't know enough about the situation to it's, be able to call. Well, uh, it's know, clearly it's clearly a developing situation with one group uh, in the Lakota Nation saying yes, we're getting the hell out, and the other group uh, who's supposedly in positions of power saying no, we're not going anywhere. So. Again, as this develops, as we hear more, we'll uh, bring it to you. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, so do enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. We are here at the New Hampshire Liberty Forum uh, in Nashua, New Hampshire, uh, which is an amazing event where hundreds of liberty-oriented people uh, get together all in the same hotel. It's convention-style and they meet up with one another, they, they, uh, they get together, they socialize, there are all kinds of presentations, uh, there are speakers, there are keynote speakers right now. Uh, Bernard von Nothaus from the Liberty Dollar is currently giving the keynote speech for tonight uh, to a very large crowd. And everybody's enjoying their dinner while we sit here doing a radio broadcast. Uh, but somebody's got to do it. So, of course, uh, here we are. And I know that, Mark, you're going to line up some people for a little bit later on in the show. Hopefully mm-hmm. we'll have them come by once they get done with their dinner. 
In the meantime, we're uh, taking your calls, as always, at 800-259-9231. To learn more about the Liberty Forum, go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum, and you can definitely get some more information there. And find out what the uh, the rates are for the individual days. Uh, you can uh, just come out for Sunday if you want. Come out tomorrow. Uh, Sunday, Ron Paul is going to be the closing speaker, and I know there's going to be a number of people that are going to be here just to see that happen because he's Ron Paul. I mean, he's a phenomenon. It amazes me how many families are here, uh, women, children, the whole thing. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm just, I'm surprised. I, you know, usually expect these to be, uh, you know, mostly, mostly male events, but not so much here. You know, we were talking a moment ago about the Lakota Nation and the sort of uh, functionary bureaucrats that are allegedly in charge over there, and really, it all, it sort of all ties into the idea that government people love their power and they have no intention of uh, of giving it up at no. all. Uh, in fact, I've got a great story that'll uh, that'll bring that point right to the forefront. From Anderson, Indiana, though a new Anderson mayor has been inaugurated, the man he replaced says he's not officially acknowledging the change, citing a question, a lawsuit questioning the election winner's residency. Ex-Mayor Kevin Smith on Tuesday issued a statement contending it's his constitutional duty to keep claiming the office until the lawsuit, which alleges new mayor Chris Ackman wasn't an Anderson resident for a required period before the election, is adjudicated. Now, wouldn't it be the division of elections or uh, bureaucracy of elections responsibility to uh, to vet candidates for election and say yes mark you've lived here long enough so you can run for office don't you think that'd be their responsibility why does the ex-mayor have to be the one to bring the lawsuit in this case well he's probably the lame duck mayor not exactly the ex-mayor but um i i I would say that, yeah, it falls into their, their, their purview. Right. Well, what he is is he's a power-mad uh, sicko, and he wants to hold on to his government office as long as he possibly can. Wednesday morning, a judge sent the lawsuit to the Indiana Supreme Court, asking it to appoint a special judge to the case. Ackman, who was sworn in Tuesday, has assumed the mayor's duties and has moved into the, the mayor's official office. But Smith, the former mayor, says he'll still claim the title of mayor until the lawsuit is revoked. So by the process, the, the way the system works, this man, the new guy, is the mayor. He's going to work, he's going to the office, he's acting as mayor, but this other guy's out there essentially yelling from, you know, outside of the the, fence. From the sidewalk, I'm the mayor! Hey, it's still me! (laughs) I've got a lawsuit and I'm important! So, now, uh, I'm I'm interested, he's he's saying he's not going to, he's not going to abdicate or whatever, is is he going to try... I mean, is he going to try to take the office? To come into the office? Is security going to have to escort out the the lame duck mayor and say, sorry, sir, you're going to have to leave? It may come to that. It's very odd. Uh, apparently, this is a uh, yeah. The, the Smith, who's the former mayor, says, given the obvious potential for a vacancy in the office of mayor, I am announcing that I have not and will not be surrendering the office of mayor pending a determination by the courts. So he's basically saying, ha. I still have my throne, and I'm not going anywhere. I guess it comes down to what the men with guns believe. I mean, who does the police department believe? Because they got to kick one guy out or the other or both. Officer, arrest that man. Officer, arrest that man. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting. The plaintiff's attorney in this case uh, says that Smith intends to rule from exile. But not to interfere with city business. <laughs> he's a freaking mayor. Who cares? Hilarious. But no, but really it goes to show. I mean, you're saying he's a freaking mayor, so <laughs> it's no big deal. But for him, 
That's all the power he's ever accumulated. And right. bureaucrats... It's his. He deserves it. Right. Bureaucrats are really into their power, so they do their best to withhold as much of it as possibly, as you know, as long as they possibly can, and then they try their best to expand it. It, it sounds to me like he's just holding on to the title. If he's not going to interfere with city business, but rule from exile, it sounds like right. he's just... Claim the title and maybe he'll to... maybe he'll show up at some ribbon cuttings because where we where we live in Keene the mayor is sort of a uh, a figurehead more yeah, so than anything else. He's the official else. ribbon cutter, right? So he'll go and he'll appear at things as the mayor and he'll do things and so maybe he'll show up and then there'll be a little conflict. Maybe mm-hmm. there'll be a fistic, some fisticuffs. Uh, but now that would be fun. I would really enjoy. I really like it when politicians fight, and it doesn't happen often enough. Get their uh, somebody gets their lapel torn, yeah. Gets their 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 suit dirty. That'll be great. Well, not in our country. I think in Japan, I see them getting fist fights a lot. It ends up in the papers that the the parliament broke into a giant fist fight. It happens occasionally here. There was one uh, instance in Alabama recently, as a matter of fact. Yeah, unfortunately, not that often though. Exactly. They should tell, sell tickets to that stuff. I'd pay. Yeah, I absolutely would. Uh, in this case, beat the hell out of American Gladiator, I'll tell you. Interestingly enough, the lawsuit was filed on behalf of five Anderson residents, some of whom, what a shock, they happened to work in Smith's administration. Ah, so he I was managed say to find relatives. Right, he managed to find five friendly bureaucrats to you know jump on board with this lawsuit to well, give it some extra legitimacy. Likely have lost their jobs, maybe. Uh, yeah, it does say worked. In Smith's administration. Ackman, this is the new guy, has a home in Chesterfield, though he said he began renting a home in Anderson, which is the city he was elected in, and uh, currently lives in that home, was uh, living there since 2006. Said his Chesterfield home will go up for auction. I live by the letter of the law, he says. I've met and complied by every bit of that sta- uh, the statute relating to residency requirements. And a judge apparently last week rejected a request to issue a temporary restraining order to keep Ackman from taking office Tuesday. So well, it doesn't sound go. like the uh, the former mayor has much uh, much of a leg to stand. No, it, it doesn't sound like he has a case, and and it wasn't necessarily a story about the case so much as it was about how far these people will go, even to the point of just making themselves look like total idiots to try to hold on to whatever little whatever teeny little bit of power they can get a hold of. It's really just that's how it works. They get a taste of it, and they never want to let it go. Not to mention, local government can be petty anyway. I mean, petty, I w- I, petty and I'm sure there... I wouldn't be surprised if there were some personal issues between these men. Possibly. Yeah, I mean, it's, po- it's possible that the, the mayor just liked his title and his job, and he... Who knows? Maybe he really was cheated out of the election. I mean, that that's a possibility, right? I mean, maybe some information came to the surface, and this challenger really hadn't lived in the district long enough. Well, that's true. I mean, we you never know what all the dirtiness is uh, that, right. that's going on I mean, behind either the one of these guys could be dirty. Both of them probably are, but... I, I know that um, where uh, where we live in Keene in New Hampshire, the mayor there actually has a license plate that says mayor. And he was asked when he... Uh, he was asked, because he's giving up his, uh, his seat and the new one's coming in here this month. He was asked if he would give up his license plate, and he said, I'll never give up my license plate. Because, again, it's the last thing he has. He's yeah. no longer... He doesn't have power anymore, but, damn it, he can still call well, himself the mayor. He didn't have much power anyway. He was mostly a ceremonial right. figurehead. So. <laughs> he had a, a sweet license plate that says mayor. Right. He did. And he still will. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Um, Fortunately, King, uh, New Hampshire doesn't have many uh, mayors, period. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is your show. Thank you, Nick, for stopping in tonight. Good seeing you as always. No problem. And you can see him online at freemindstv.com. More on the way. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it is Ian here with you. And Mark. And Johnson. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features for free, so enjoy those on us. And those features, by the way, include the Free Talk Live store. I guess that's not really a free feature. You can browse the store for free. That's true. Uh, but that's actually one of the ways you can help support Free Talk Live is by buying some great Free Talk Live merchandise. And we'll talk more about that here in a moment. They can get stickers for free. They can. That's it. And we'll talk more about that, too. How would you like to lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet? Check out this amazing doctor-recommended product. Go to ftldiscount.com. Read some real testimonials. Find out how to order. That's ftldiscount.com. 1-800-259-9231. So the Free Talk Live store, open for business 24 hours a day. Go to store.freetalklive.com. Johnson, who uh, was uh, formerly a co-host, still still technically a co-host, but usually... Uh, I'm a co-host not, right now. What are you talking about? Not anywhere near the studio on most nights. Uh, you, you currently are living down in Connecticut, right. going to school, that sort of thing. Uh, but you're still active with the show. You're our store manager. That's yep. your uh, your full-time gig with Free Talk Live. I was learning me some more computer stuff. Very good. And uh, so there's great products at the store. I mean, you're adorned with them right now, I as am. a matter of fact. Uh, you're wearing the Free Talk Live t-shirt, I see, and yep. I believe that's a Free Talk I'm Live I'm doing hat. what we call pimping. <laughs> Looking good, too, I must say. Uh, and so you're actually here at the Liberty Forum, which we've been talking about all weekend, and we're going to be here broadcasting live t- uh, tomorrow night as well. It's the 2008 Liberty Forum, brought to you by the Free State Project. People are all over the place here, hundreds of uh, liberty-oriented people here, all in the same hotel, meeting, having a good time together, attending panels, uh, speakers. I think the keynote speech is over at this point. Uh, was Bernard von Nothaus any good? Let's hear it. Okay, we got some woos. That's a good sign. Uh, so, And maybe we'll get dra- drag Bernard over here again, maybe tonight or tomorrow night, because uh, he was awfully tired when he came on last night. Uh, but you're going to be here um, starting, I guess, tonight, but officially right. tomorrow right. selling Free Talk Live gear in person for the very first time ever. Right. Which should be interesting. I think people are going to like, you know, having the ability to uh, get stuff without shipping and right. to see the merchandise actually kind of feel it. Because that's been our number one complaint is this is the shipping, right? Right. Our shipping. And also, I think that seeing the products in person is going to be a very different experience from those pictures that we have on the website, which aren't incredibly good. Um, so I think it'll be a bonus there, too. Absolutely. You can feel the, what is it, the luxurious ring-spun cotton? Yes. <laughs> well, I already had someone comment on one of the, the woven beanie hat. Mm-hmm. Actually seeing that item, they were like, oh, my God, this is soft. That's the new, that's the new one, The right? new one, yeah. Okay, I have yet to see that one myself. Yeah. So and, and the purchaser of that beanie hat lives in San Diego, California, so that'll tell you how soft it is. <laughs> I don't, no, I don't understand that. Uh, it's warm in San Diego. What oh, do you need a, a beanie right. hat for unless it gets me a little bit chilly, but it's nice and soft, it's comfortable, and it's one of those things well, that you can wear. And There's probably a few days a year where it might work. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So uh, so you're going to be at the, in the vendor area. So anybody in the New England area that's been looking for an excuse to, A, come to the Liberty Forum, B, get $10 off their, uh, their Free Talk Live order, because that's normally what we charge for shipping, because... Why do we do that, Johnson? Why do we charge so much for shipping? Because we don't use uh, tax-funded shipping. We don't use money that has been stolen from the American people to subsidize our shipping to uh, our our customers. So you're referring to the United States Postal Service? Yes, I am. Yep. There was some debate over this. I mean, there were some uh, some of our customers that were upset. You know, they, they want to pay less for shipping, but what they don't understand is that the, those are subsidized prices. So even though you're paying 5 bucks for a priority mail... 
you've already actually paid for the rest of the cost that it costs to ship that through your tax dollars. Right. And we've been debating, and we may offer the option in the future for the subsidized shipping, but we aren't going to guarantee it. Right. Um, you're you know, going to have to like check a box that says, you know, I agree to not uh, get upset if this arrives mutilated, destroyed, it doesn't arrive at all, right. I have no way of tracking this, I understand that, and I consent, and I'm cheap, and I want to save three bucks, right. or whatever it is, because it really isn't that big of a difference. Right. You know, I I'll, probably, know. I'll probably make sure that we spend the money for delivery confirmation. That's what the United States Postal Service offers yeah. as its tracking option. It's, they know they when it gets it there. tracking. Right. It's arrived, or it yeah. hasn't. That's tracking to them. You know, I, I got a little note from my uh, postman, postperson, uh, saying that they wanted me to shovel the snow off of my uh, walkway. Yeah, I got you. Got you did get one of those. Uh, yeah. And, okay. Because I thought they were just targeting me. <laughs> I thought it was just me. I don't get any mail from them. I don't even receive mail at this yeah. house. I, I, I think don't they passed it out to everybody. I think that's what it was. And <laughs> so much for rain, sleet, and snow, right? Yeah, I they want, want you, you coming to my house, bureaucrat. Right. Leave. Yeah. If you if you can't get through the what. Five inches of snow that's on the ground. Oh, I think it's much more than that. Wait, they yeah. still deliver to your doorstep? Is that what in that Keen, is? In uh, Keene, where we live, there's uh, there's a the downtown area. There are no mailboxes, so it's all doorstep wow. delivery. Yep. I'm surprised. So, Johnson, you said you wanted to, uh, moving away from the store, by the way, right. store.freetalklive.com. Bumper stickers are here, too. They're free, of course, and they're free online as right. well. You uh, can get those if you send a self-addressed envelope. Yep, that is yeah. the one thing that we do do through... The, uh, well, yeah, service. it'd be insane for us to charge $10 <laughs> uh, to send those things back. Uh, so, yeah, store.freetalklive.com. Place your order. Great quality merchandise. And if you don't believe us, come out here to the Liberty Forum and uh, try it on. See for yourself. So you wanted to comment on the mayor story that we were yeah, talking about earlier. Yeah, I just uh, this a couple mayor things. that's power mad and wants to hold on to his position even for, though he's lost mayor. the election. First of all, uh, with the license plate, well, actually, I had two comments on it. The first one is if he really wants the, the title of mayor... Um, there is an organization, I don't know if you, you've probably heard of this, the Universal Life Church. Mm, I don't know. There is an, they're a church where you can actually pay a small amount of money and you be, automatically become a reverend in the Universal oh, okay. Life Church and you get to choose your title and it can be whatever you want. You could now, be overlord. Now, is it, <laughs> doesn't the Church of the Subgenius do the same thing? Uh, they might. I'm not sure. Okay. I don't know if they're, you know, this is actually an official title. I mean, when you register with the Universal Life Church as a reverend, you can legally marry people. You can, <laughs> I think, perform nice. brisses, which is really scary. Yeah, the Universal Life Church is the only denomination in the world that opens its doors to all, welcomes all who ask to become an <laughs> ordained minister, and grants, it, and grants it without question. But not only that, but you can choose your own title. So he could register with the Universal Life Church and, and uh, obtain the title of mayor for the rest of his life <laughs> if he really wanted to do that but i mean he could be high warlord i mean he right. could be high warlord kevin smith <laughs> and then he would be uh the complete opposite of the guy who makes the movies he could be uh by the way we saw julia and i saw one of his movies recently was it uh, clerks 2 yeah and that guy is not a very good communicator <laughs> he, he did a, he, he did an intro to the movie. You have to watch it basically before you watch the movie, and he just he he every other word is the f word. Yeah, like you can't even understand barely even under, he can't even get a thought out without peppering it with twenty f words. I, I don't know. You have to see his uh, his he does these college tours. It's called an evening with Kevin Smith, mm-hmm. um, and he's done two of those. All right, either two of th- or three of those, and he actually. His speaking style is probably leaves a little bit to be desired. But I felt like I was getting dumber. 
watching it. I, I don't know. I feel like he has some uh, aspects of his communication that are brilliant. But the actual words and the actual grammar are mm-hmm. pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. What he's saying, though, is pretty good, I think. A lot of his ideas are sound. So you're here all They're weekend. darn entertaining movies, I can yeah. tell you that. Although, on the, on the Kevin Smith, the mayor thing, one of the things that I wanted to say is you had mentioned the license plate, and he said, I'll never give up the license plate. Well, states have a history of taking license plates away from people. Yeah, that's um, true. I mean, I think you guys have covered yeah, a story my favorite in the past is the, about somebody. The, yeah. the woodland uh, tree farm, or something like something. I may not have the first word right, but it does begin with a W. Um, woodland tree farm. This old gal in her sixties uh, had the WTF uh, license plate. <laughs> She'd had it for years, and uh, then some bureaucrat in uh, the DMV decided, you know, WTF that's is offensive. It's if people people wouldn't like that. It could mean something bad. A friend of mine back in Florida uh, had a license plate actually that was W. UTF noob. <laughs> he had that as his license plate in Florida. Yeah, those are, those stories are absurd, and, and apparently there's no shortage of them. I mean, it, again, it's always up to, and usually what it is is it's one person that complains. Mm. It's not usually a bureaucrat going through a list of, of uh, license plates. It's usually somebody that complains, I'm offended, and then they yank the plate, which is just absurd. Anyway, Johnson, good having you on the show as yep. always, sir. Uh, maybe I'll be back tomorrow night if you're still here. I'll be here. You will be. You're going to be here through Sunday, right? Right. That's right. Okay. Excellent. So stop by, see Johnson, uh, get to know him, uh, get to know our products uh, from the store. And once again, that's store.freetalklive.com. More on the way here. This is your show. I see Dave Ridley walking through the door. We might be able to snag him for a moment. Uh, this is Free Talk Live, live from the 2008 Liberty Forum. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. As uh, we continue with a live edition of the program, and we're always live, but we're live in person at the 2008 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. And Mark, your impressions so far of the event? I'm having, I have such a good time. I'm milling about and uh, talking to different people that I, I, you know, I haven't ever met before, uh, but have just saw at the last forum, mm-hmm. sort of libertarian luminaries, that kind of thing. And uh, I'm, I'm having a great time. There is never, I mean, this is such an amazing, fun group of people, such a positive group of people that, you know, they all are moving in the right direction. They're moving towards liberty. They're learning about freedom. They're, uh, they're interacting with one another, sharing stories, sharing experiences. It's just an, it's an unprecedented event that I think is unmatched anywhere in the entire libertarian, liberty-oriented movement. And I highly recommend that if you can't make it out this weekend, it's not too late. You can still come out for tomorrow and Sunday. There's um, some amazing things going to be happening, including Ron Paul coming out, of course, and talking on Sunday. Uh, so it's not too late. Go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum to learn more about it as uh, Johnson and uh, a number of our listeners are toting in all kinds of free talk live merchandise. So uh, things are really – I mean, th- really, things are – even though it's halfway over, things are really just gearing up here at the Liberty Forum. Yeah, um, it, it, they are. You know, Thursday was uh, – some people arriving. People didn't really arrive in force until today at around 1. So that's uh, – you know, it, it really is just getting rolling. Half, one of the things I really like this time out is, first of all, the venue's better. It's bigger. It's nicer. With the Crown Plaza Hotel in Nashua, New Hampshire, but also the uh, the schedule is a little little better as well. There's more uh, more opportunities for socializing, and of course, I think ch- uh, thanks goes out to Jason from Cycle uh, CAI for sponsoring last night's little uh, social event and slash book signing. It was very very nice. I, I, I like those sorts of events when you're at a convention. 
uh, when you're at a convention like this, Mark, you want to be able to socialize. You want to be able to meet people because that's what it's really all about. I mean, seeing the uh, seeing the panels and seeing the discussions, that's good and has and it's and it's interesting. But meeting the people has to be the uh, the best part. You no, know, John it. McCain's in the lobby, right there. I mean, you know, he's a couple of feet away from us. So I just thought I'd mention it to you. All right. Well, anyway, we're going to talk to someone interesting. Dave Ridley is uh, is in the studio. Uh, Dave Ridley, who, of course, uh, calls in uh, from time to time on Free Talk Live and uh, gives us updates with his activism here in the state, an early mover, a uh, part of the Free State Project, and the man behind the Ridley Report, which you can go and see at RidleyReport.com. Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks. Were you joking about Mr. McCain being in the No, he's, he's out there. Good gosh. Well... I may leave at some point in that case. But I know it's good you, to be here. You want to go and uh, get your video footage done. But now, Dave, what are you doing? Uh, RidleyReport.com. For people that are just tuning in for the first time, what is it? Uh, RidleyReport.com is essentially just an internet TV channel, TV station, whatever you want, might want to call it. And basically, I just I cover New Hampshire liberty-related news, and that's pretty much it. But I have I, I air roughly one and a half stories a day, on average. Wow! Now You're really producing them. Well, right. You're really cranking them out, and I have to say I'm a huge fan. I love the Ridley Report. Uh, of course, you're advertising on uh, freetalklive.com and uh, Freekeen, which is my website, my blog. We're advertising with you, so it's kind of like this neat little incestuous uh, liberty advertising circle going on here. Uh, but uh, what I find most interesting, beyond the fact that your content is very good, you're a professional videographer by trade, you're a professional video editor, your content is not only very good and very entertaining – uh, but also, you're a real success story, I think, for the world of new media. And I think that uh, the Ridley Report experience, or what you've experienced so far, and what it's been like less than six months at this point, maybe four? I mean, it hasn't been that long that you've been doing this. I think it's uh, three and a half. Yeah. yeah, okay. So maybe for just about four months. In in less than six months' time, you've already managed to monetize a YouTube channel. I mean, you're out there, you're you're producing these videos, you're releasing them online. Most people that put videos up on YouTube never see a cent from them. They never make any money off of them. They're just doing them for for fun, and, and certainly that's how you started. I don't know if you necessarily expected to uh, to turn it into a, a profitable venture. I don't know if it's profitable yet, but uh, you, you're getting it's monetized. Money, right, you're getting money coming in. Uh, of course, Jason from Sakel CAI is also sponsoring you. Uh, Freekeen.com is one of your sponsors. A number of liberty organizations here in New Hampshire are on board. Freekeen.com. <laughs> and so what a what a great success story. If you know. You can do it. Anybody can actually um, create their own video channel and go out there and sort of emulate you or do their own thing. But it is possible to actually bring money in from this. Yeah, I mean, it's the way I look at it, it's possible to bring money in from anything that you can sell advertising for. And I'm always telling folks, like I know someone who's a musician, and I'm saying, oh, you're not making any money? Well, why don't you just tack an ad onto the end of your songs and, and then sell the advertisement? Give it a shot. I mean, uh, you know, it's, especially if there's some way, f- if you already feel like you can get a lot of people listening to the song, then there's a reason for somebody to advertise in connection with a song. I don't know why people don't do that in, in, That's in a, a larger idea. basis. And most YouTube video people, why don't they advertise? Well, they're not business people. They're not, yeah. uh, they're not entrepreneurs. I was talking with Mark about this, I think, I think it was last night. Or maybe it wasn't even you, Mark. I was well, talking was. with somebody we were, about this. We were talking this. about uh, radio talk show hosts. And, yeah. You know, just people, sort of... talent in general, the people that are in front of the cameras or behind the microphones in general, they don't have, in a, typically they don't have an entrepreneurial mindset. They're more likely to just be somebody who wants to show up, do a job, get a paycheck, and go home. They don't want to put any more effort into it than that. But if you're willing to take those extra steps, if you're willing to go out and, you know, shake the, shake the tree a little bit, try to get some advertisers out, you'll, if you've got a good product and people are watching or listening to it, inevitably you're going to find somebody that wants to get on board with you. 
And that's what you've done. And I must say, you've done a, you've done a fine job of it. I'm trying, and I'm shooting right now. <laughs> I'm shooting a Ridley report as we're uh, as I'm being interviewed. And the way you shoot the Ridley reports is uh, is also pretty cool because. Normally, when you go out and you, you collect video footage of something, if you're just a reg- regular videographer, you're just collecting all kinds of footage, and then you bring it back to the editing bay, and you sit down, and you edit, 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 edit. What is it you do differently, uh, Dave, that, uh, that makes the Ridley Report original? Well, I basically just try to shoot uh, in the camera, edit it in the camera, so to speak. In other words, I'm just shooting what I want to air. I'll stop the camera if I'm not rolling on something that I want to see on the air. Uh, and of course, that's imperfect. You can't shoot sure. quite as well. That I mean, the the end product is not as effective as what you might get if you edited something. But uh, you can produce ten times as much uh, with the same amount of time. So you, you take maybe a fifty percent hit in terms of quality, but you get a one thousand percent increase in terms of quantity, and you get a, an increase in in speed. Right, also. timeliness. So you can yeah. have out the uh, finished product within literally hours. I mean, a handful of hours from the time you actually recorded right. it. And people are, people are willing to give up that, uh, you know, the, the, the high-end video quality so that they can get the news and information that you're imparting. Right. And I think over time, the standards will keep going up so that this, what I'm doing now might not be acceptable in a year or two, and I have to have moved ahead and gotten, gotten something better than this. Certainly possible. I mean, maybe with more people jumping in and, and competing. In fact, you're actually helping create your competitors, if you will, uh, by offering training classes for people that are in the New England, New Hampshire area. They can come up and spend some time with you. In fact, I know you did one earlier this weekend, and you were talking about possibly offering another one if there was enough interest. Have you gotten any interest in that? The uh, Yeah, I have a lot of interest in the second one. The first one was a bust. Uh, I didn't. I had some interest, but no one was really able to be here in time for the first one because oh, it was okay. kind of early. Too early. So uh, it looks like I have three people who talked about wanting to come to the one on Sunday. Great. So I'm just projecting maybe there'd be a turnout of two on Sunday, so I'll train two more people. Um, but yeah, I, I do train my my competition, but because I know they're going to be my competition, I charge them for the class. Not a great deal. <laughs> Completely but, uh, reasonable. I, yeah. I of course well, uh, trained under you as well, and uh, I mean. You charge me forty bucks for four hours of your time. It's that seems like a hell of a deal to me. Well, thanks. And you've produced uh, what three videos now already? I think in your style and uh, yeah. three videos. I've done. And of course, I've also you, done edited you, style well, right. as well. And you're it's, very good at editing edited video already. But it took you so. forever to do it. I remember you. I, I, yeah, I, just I have to get around you. to editing, and then once I get around to editing, then it takes several hours to uh, to actually get the job done. But but you know, from a videographer's perspective, how cool is this that right now you're not the only man in the building with a video camera? I mean, I, there are at least a handful of other people that are around here recording all sorts of different things. So it's wonderful because you can only be in one place at any given time. This is great, especially for the liberty movement, because you can have all kinds of people out there doing various different aspects and viewpoints on uh, the activism that's happening. That's right. super. Well, what just happened was when you mentioned John McCain was in, in the room, uh, one of my potential students grabbed the camera, ran out, and apparently shot some video. I don't know what he shot video <laughs> of, but... Uh, <laughs> Very cool, but uh, you know the only th- the only thing that outnumbers uh, cameras in this building is uh, pistols. Yeah, that's right. There are a lot of pistols. <laughs> exactly right. So, uh, Dave, uh, people can visit you at RidleyReport.com, and I highly recommend they subscribe. I mean, once they watch it, uh, one or two of them, you're, they're going to want to subscribe because you're you're such an affable, uh, entertaining personality. Beyond being technically proficient, you're actually uh, fun and worth to wa- uh, worth watching as well. So. Uh, thank you again for uh, for doing a great job here in New Hampshire and uh, just being a super activist. Thanks, and, Ian. And, and since you're one of my advertisers, I'd just like to reiterate, Freaking.com. <laughs> Very good. Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com. Uh, and oh, that's right. He's also the Wookiee, uh, the Ron Paul Wookiee, who uh, we've had call in from time to time. 
did you bring the outfit just out of curiosity? You did. He's nodding. So the Wookiee may be ma- will the Wookiee be making an appearance perhaps this weekend? That'd oh be good. My. That is exciting. There's an extra reason to come out to the Liberty Forum here this weekend in New Hampshire, Nashua, New Hampshire. We're here at the Crown Plaza Hotel. We've got an hour to go. Uh, Still plenty of time for your calls if you make them at 800-259-9231. We'll try to round up some other people, interesting folk to talk to around here. Open microphone for anybody that just wants to sit in and uh, chat on Free Talk Live. This is your show. You bring up anything. Hour three is on the way. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves as we launch into hour number three of the program. Uh, it is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI call in line for you. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away. So once again, inviting you to freetalklive.com. We're broadcasting live from the 2008 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. It's an amazing event. We were at the very first one last year for 2007. It's the second one, and I would say bigger and better this time out. Yep, I would. I would have to agree. Highly recommend you consider coming out here if you're in the New England area. And if you aren't in the New England area, go ahead and uh, and make a note. Early January next year, probably going to be doing it, maybe February, usually in the winter time here in New Hampshire. Make a note and, and come out to 2009 because it's a great event, and uh, we highly recommend it. We have a good time. We're here uh, broadcasting 50% more this year than we were last year, uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. So we'll uh, we'll get more great interviews with some of these wonderful speakers that they have. I see Jim Babka back there. Maybe we'll get him snuck in here in a few moments from DownsizeDC.org. Uh, but first, we turn to the pages of Reason magazine. And uh, we talked to Peter Bagg, who is one of their, I guess, are you the Reason cartoonist? Is there more than one, or is it just you, Peter? On their website, they re- they run work by regular editorial cartoonists. But in the magazine itself, I'm the only one doing comics. Excellent. Now, your um, cartoons aren't just uh, just comics. You do some uh, sort of... I, I don't even know how to describe what you do. You're like a, uh, a reporter. You follow around uh, the politicians. You do different kind of reporting things. And you draw comics about that. Right. It's cartoon journalism, for lack of a better term. Yeah, that sounds like a good term for it. Actually, the first time I did it was for Details Magazine, believe it or not. They, they were the ones that tried to, not just with me, but with a lot of different cartoonists. They had a big enough budget where they'd, they had, uh, it was a different cartoonist every time, and they sent me to the HBO Comedy Festival to do a comic about that, and, and that was for, that was four pages, and, uh, the editor of Reason had me emulate it, we just, we, we just recreated that same exact format. Now, how many, um, how many pages of comics do you do in Reason Magazine? Um, every third, third or fourth issue, I'll have a four-page strip. So then you're only in every third or fourth, fourth yes, issue? Yes, uh-huh. and it's all and everything. I, at first I was doing one page every month, uh-huh. and then we switched it to the uh, the feature, uh, four-page feature every three or four months. Now, can people go uh, online at reason.com and yes. see your work? They certainly can. It's, if they can spell his last name. All right, it's B-A-G-G-E, but uh, go to reason.com, and then on the left you'll see um, uh, Reason Staff. Click that on, you'll find my name, and they have their archived um, just about every comic I've done for them. So wow, lots of cool. yeah, lots of free funnies. So um, so do you have your own website, or is that pretty much where it's all at? Right I do. Now? I so have a there's a peterbag.com because doing comics for a reason is just one small part of what I you know I for years I, I'm best known for um, doing a well I used to be best known for doing a comic book called Hate, 
which is like an alternative. Sounds like comic. fun. Yes. <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was a, it followed the, the adventures of a semi-autobiographical character named Buddy Bradley. And, uh, yes, and it was as far as, uh, it was as popular as an alternative comic book could be. It's a small market to begin with. Mm-hmm. Although, uh, and, and for years, I've always been best known for that, but I've noticed just for the last couple of years when I go to events, when I go to comic conventions, especially people younger than 35, they all know me best now for doing this stuff on a reason now um get ready to cringe because when i uh when i see your work the the first thing i think of is our crumb um heard of him (laughs) yeah yeah he's the reason i became do i have his name right yes okay good and (laughs) he's the reason i became a uh, comic book artist but your stuff looks like his doesn't it i mean well a bit he'd be insulted (laughs) (laughs) um he's inspired i mean there's other people too who's visually inspired me possibly even more than him but uh i liked uh, his approach to comic books i wasn't sure what i was going to art school i didn't know what i wanted to do if i even wanted to be a cartoonist i knew i didn't want to be in the, the do a daily strip by then i couldn't see myself doing like a reg, you know working working for superheroes or harvey comics mm-hmm. i couldn't see i just didn't know what i was going to do then i walked into a record store and i saw all these old 60s underground comics for sale and especially the ones done by Robert Crumb, which were the first ones, what he did was he took the traditional comic book format, but from cover to cover, he drew everything, wrote everything. He had complete control of the format. There were no Twinkies ads. So, And when I saw that, it's not like I wanted to be exactly like him, but when I saw that format, I thought that's exactly what I wanted to do. So uh, to this day, that's still what I, do, what I spend most of my energy on is making my own comic books. Now, I haven't seen very many libertarian comics out there, um, you know, comic strips out there. Um, what is what can people expect to see when they uh, go looking here on uh, Reason dot com? Reason dot com. Reason dot yes. com. Okay. Peter Bag B A G G E. Well, they don't. The uh, editors don't ask me to to uh, tell stories or to be didactic or and be preachy. Mm-hmm. They, but they know that I'm um, naturally have libertarian leanings, and that comes through in my work. So they we choose subjects, and they'll send me to events. Where that is sure to come out, you know, like gun rights. How could that not come out? That I clearly have a libertarian take on on the Second Amendment, and um, but yeah, I, I make a well. I don't want to. It's not a struggle. I don't want to be preachy and and go by some rule book. I'm trying to make first and foremost. We're trying to make entertaining comics. Right, you've so got to entertain. That's what we you know right. we try to do on Free yeah. Talk Live is be entertaining first and foremost. And one of the perks is we get to talk about freedom and during all that entertainment. There you go. Now, mostly you don't do like that. That one, that one picture, like a political cartoon, is usually just yes. one snapshot. Right. You do strips, yes, panels, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's a story. It's a pretty much a narrative. It, with and, these, it's a broken up narrative. And it's a real but, story that's happened to you and your uh, sort of right dialogue. Well, occasionally, occasionally, it, I, I do it all. Like what reporting I do is all Googled, and uh, it's just more like an opinion piece. Okay. But for but they prefer for me to actually go somewhere and do real reporting. And you had a Dick Cheney comic? Oh, no, I, that Reason didn't run that. It was just a short idea, but uh, I pitched it to Reason just to run as a one-pager, and they didn't want to do it, so it ran in uh, the LA Times. All it was was an anecdote um, about uh, me being at a party uh, uh, this for this neocon magazine in dc and i turned around and all of a sudden the vice president was right behind me and just mine and other people reactions to the vice president being right there <laughs> yeah i was terrified <laughs> it's got to be kind of like being in the same room with dark vader yeah it was that that's it, that's 
that is what everybody kept saying at this party, and I use that phrase in the comic. I don't know. It, it's I. It's well, it isn't peculiar. There's nothing weird about the fact that they keep calling him Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> so now, were you always in love with comics as a kid? Oh, is that how? Yeah, you Yeah, I, I wasn't. I wasn't a big comic collector. I was never big on superheroes. I liked Mad Magazine. Was a big favorite of mine. That was by far my favorite magazine. Who doesn't like kid. Mad Magazine? I, and I draw from Mad Magazine now. Do you really? Oh, how yeah. cool! Is that, that I don't get to write. I, I just illustrate every now and then. And the scripts are always the twenty. Wait, when you say you don't get to write, what does what does that mean? They just they send me scripts and I just illustrate. I just oh, okay. draw and somebody else. So yeah, they send but me. But how these cool scripts. is that to you know having been grown up with Mad Magazine and now actually being on staff yeah. and, and working for them? No, that's, no, that's like a dream come true. It's great. Yeah, no, I always get very excited whenever they call me up. But the problem is then I read. This is true with everybody. Mad Magazine is never as good as the issues that were coming out when you were twelve. Well, yeah, and that's always yeah. that's always the golden era when sure. you were twelve. Yep. So and that's so whatever they send me to illustrate, uh, I always compare it to what I grew up. on. And what's even worse is some of the old timers, some of the old artists like Sergio Aragonés mm-hmm. and, and more Trucker. He did grew. And and Al Jaffe, they're still in there. And what really makes me cringe is seeing my own artwork right on the opposite page of one of the guys I grew up reading. Because to me, it'll never look... You don't feel like you're in the same league? Yeah, yeah, I'm not worthy. (laughs) That really makes me cringe. It's terrible to see my work next to the guys I grew up with, because it always looks like crap. Well, it, well sure. it is crap. <laughs> Everybody's always uh, really self-critical, right? I mean, right. nobody likes in radio, they don't like to hear their own voice. Uh, in te- television, they don't like to look at themselves. And so there you are with the same sort of thing. You right. don't like to look at your own work, especially next to your childhood heroes. Right. Makes, makes sense. Though, I mean, given put in, put in front of anybody else, they probably wouldn't be able to say Well, I hope. I hope. I hope they're not all... Everyone isn't cringing like me. <laughs> How old is uh, Sergio Aragon? I love his work. He's great. He, uh... Boy, he must be in his seventies. For a while, for a while before they went out of business, the Weekly World News was starting up a comic section, which consisted of me, Sergio Aranganis, and um, and the guy that used to draw Casper in the sixties and seventies, wow. Casper the Friendly Ghost. Very and, cool. Yeah, and I saw him at a comic convention. I was walking by him at a comic convention, and he had a copy of the Weekly World News, and he was busy. He was signing autographs as I walked by, and he held up the magazine, and he just said to me, Peter. How low can we go? (laughs) More on the way. Peter, thanks for coming by tonight. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. The show, believe it or not, is still as it normally is. We will take your calls about anything, even though we are live uh, from the 2008 Liberty Forum. Just uh, Again, just I'm so stunned by how great this event is, and it just keeps getting better. It was awesome last year, and it's even better this time out. Better hotel, more people attending. Uh, and better speakers, more speakers. I mean, there's so much to do here. Longer event. Uh, it started a little earlier this year, and it's just a, an incredible group of people, people, hundreds of them, that love freedom and liberty, all gathering together in the same place to trade ideas, to socialize with one another, to uh, to brainstorm, to attend uh, great speakers and learn and uh, experience this is a wonderful event. Now, speaking of great speakers, um, every once in a while you'll hear somebody speak, and you get this, uh, you, you get sort of the, the the amen feeling, this this feeling of fidelity when you hear somebody. And um, today I emceed an event where I introduced a man um, who is, you know, the director of the We the, we the People uh, organization, and 
after having heard him speak, I I, I was just on fire for uh, you know what he's got going. Let's talk to him in just a moment here. Uh, first of all, I need to tell you a little bit about. Uh, Free Talk Live's website, go to freetalklive.com. We've got all kinds of great things there for you. They're all completely free. Uh, we've got archives. We've got live streams. And uh, so if you've missed a moment of the show, you can go download them. If you want to listen live, you can do that. It's all for free at freetalklive.com. And you need to know that sound money is under attack. The Liberty Dollar offices were raided by the FBI and Secret Service on November 14th. All of its precious metals, computers, and records were seized. Your help is urgently needed. Go to libertydollar.org and sign up for their updates and register for the lawsuit. Don't let the government steal your money and destroy the Liberty Dollar. Now, speaking of lawsuits... Uh, the guest that we have in here right now is involved in a, a pretty big one. His name is Bob Schultz. He is, uh, Bob, are you the president of We the People? Is that the uh, the correct title for you? That's fine, Chairman. Get right on close up to that microphone as much as possible there. Chairman of We the People organization. What For our new listeners, uh, what is We the People? We the, the We the People organization has two entities. One is the We the People Foundation for Constitutional Education. Long name. It's a uh, research and educational foundation, a 501c3 organization. Its sister organization is the We the People Congress, uh, which is the civic action arm. The foundation is the civic education arm. The civic action arm is the We the People Congress. That's a 501c4 organization. And uh, we were formed in 1997 um, in New York. We uh, collapsed... Uh, its predecessor organization and uh, morphed into uh, the national organization, the We the People Foundation and the We the People Congress. Now, what's the goal? Uh, To institutionalize vigilance, to uh, help people to become better informed about what their rights are, Mm. both um, and uh, guaranteed by both their state and federal constitutions. Unfortunately, many people do not know there's a state constitution, and, and it's important that they know this because it's the state constitution that governs the behavior of every single elected and appointed official in your state far more so on a daily basis. Well, it's supposed uh, to at least. They're supposed exactly, to pay attention. Right. But it is the uh, rule book that governs um, your local and state officials. The federal c- constitution hardly comes into play in the day-to-day administration of a state. And so people need to get a copy of their state constitution and become familiar with what um, it says. And so our job, uh, we help people to become better informed about what their rights are, both under the state and federal constitutions, and also uh, to become better informed about how to find out what's really going on in government and uh, to how to scrutinize government's behavior compare that behavior with the requirements of their state and federal constitutions, and then most importantly, what to do about it, how to go about confronting wrongful or unconstitutional behavior by their government. And you guys are in the process of doing that right now when it comes to the federal government, at least, with, uh, with a, a very interesting lawsuit that I believe is uh, it's at the Supreme Court level right now as we speak. Is that right? This very day, it was on the agenda of the uh, justices the nine justices meet periodically uh, and decide the conference after their law clerks and they have had the uh, petitions, uh, what, what's called petitions for writ of certiorari. These are requests by people to the Supreme Court to hear their case. They get about 8,000 of these a year. They hear about 80 cases a year. So it's hard to get them to hear your case. And uh, they 
conference about every week during most most of the year, and they decide which cases they're going to hear. Well, this very day, our case was on their agenda, and we'll find out at 10 o'clock Monday morning, that's their procedure, uh, to let people know 10 o'clock the following Monday if they're going to hear the case, and we're pretty confident that they will hear ours. Wow, that's great. Now, what is the case? As I understand it, and let me give a brief summary, and you can tell me where I'm wrong, if anywhere. Uh, because I'm a subscriber to the We the People email list, which you can get on at uh, GiveMeLiberty.org? Yes. Okay. Uh, as I understand it, you guys are suing because there's all kinds of problems with the federal government. Uh, you know, the Iraq War is one of them. You, you list off a quite a list of grievances. And what you're utilizing is the First Amendment, um, one of the portions of the First Amendment, that gives you the, the or enshrines your right to petition the government for a redress of grievance, meaning that you uh, send them your complaints or your issues, and they are supposed to address them. And, you know, give you a, at least an answer, uh, something that you can you can chew on or think about. But what you've done is you've basically said that uh, you've tried over and over again to petition the government, and they basically ignore it time and time again. They don't want to answer your questions. And so after years of this, of trying to get them to answer your questions, you, you filed this lawsuit, and you've essentially said, look, we aren't going to be paying uh, federal taxes until you guys answer these questions because we have this right to redress of grievances. Am I correct so far or close? Yes, very close. <clears throat> there are four grievances that um, this case has arisen from. Um, people have petitioned for a redress of grievances regarding the um, not only the federal income tax system, but we've also petitioned for redress of grievances regarding the Iraq resolution there's evidence that the government has violated the war powers clauses by applying the armed forces of the United States in hostilities overseas, yet again, mm. without a congressional declaration, declaration of war. The last time we declared war was World War II. Right. We've uh, applied the armed forces of the United States in hostilities in dozens of countries since then. Haven't won any wars since then, but... Um, the point is the Constitution's being violated, and we've petitioned the government for a redress of that grievance. Also, the USA Patriot Act uh, mm. violates certainly the privacy clauses of the Constitution, and we've petitioned for a redress of grievances over the uh, government's violation of uh, regarding the, the Patriot Act, but also the Federal Reserve System. It's oh, very unconstitutional. Yeah. And um, we've petitioned the government for a redress of those grievances. Each one of these four separate petitions... The uh, remedy we've sought in each one of these is nothing more than, at this stage of the game, nothing more than answers to questions. That's it. That's all you've ever been That's asking for. That's all we've asked for, and they have ignored all four petitions right. for they, they violate the Constitution. They ignore them. They don't, they, they don't even give you the... Uh, the, the Give you the, the no honor of saying go pound question. salt. Yeah, right. you know, Bob, can you sit in for another segment? Because I'd love to talk more about this with you. Bob I Schultz, uh, the chairman, uh, the man behind We the People, great organization. We'll come back with more. This is your show. If you've got a question for Bob, you can dial in as well. 800 259 9231. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the Sakel CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. Broadcasting uh, the second out of three nights from the Liberty Forum 2008 Free State Project, New Hampshire Liberty Forum. 
Uh, excited, as always, to be here. Just an amazing group of people, some great speakers here. We've been interviewing a number of them uh, here tonight. In fact, uh, we're going to continue with that here in a moment. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles all within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click join us today. We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org. We're sitting with a man who has been fighting for liberty for a long time now uh, with a great organization called We the People. Uh, You can visit them online at givemeliberty.org. Uh, it's an excellent uh, group. You can get signed up for their emails. Keep in the loop about this lawsuit we've been talking about uh, involving several major issues, uh, egregious violations of the Constitution. I mean, it must have been hard to pick the violations of the Constitution, Bob, as far as this, by the way, Bob Schultz uh, from We the People. must have been difficult to pick, but you managed to find some pretty outrageous ones. The ground is very fertile. Yes. <laughs> the Iraq War, including the Patriot Act, uh, including the, uh, let's see, what else, the Federal Reserve, and there was the fourth one, which is eluding me at the moment. Well, it's a a violation of the taxing clauses, the privacy clauses in the the USA Patriot Act. Right. And you've asked over and over again. uh, Just just, you've you've sent questions. I mean, you've you've personally handed these bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. Every member of Congress and the president. Right. You've personally handed them questions. You know they've gotten them. You know they've read them. You set up dates for them to respond to you. Nobody showed. They don't want to answer these questions. So uh, the We the People organization has basically said, you know what, you don't want to answer our questions, you don't want to play by your own rules, then why should we have to play by your rules and pay you these taxes? So, Well, uh, the historical record of the right to petition is an interesting one. Uh, we checked history and looking for the purpose of the right to petition and, and trying to find out what our rights are and what the government's obligations are once we've petitioned. We find that the First Amendment guarantees five freedoms. Let's just start with that. In the order that they're mentioned, it's freedom of worship, speech, press, assembly, as we're doing here this weekend, and the right to petition government for redress of grievances. Those are five freedoms guaranteed by the First Amendment. The first four, religion, speech, press, and assembly have been the subject uh, of many lawsuits that have gone through the courts to the Supreme Court. So that the rights of the people and the obligations of the government under those four freedoms have been pretty well defined. What's fascinating is that the courts, no court in America has ever defined what the meaning of the last ten words of the First Amendment is. What does it mean, the government, Congress shall make no law abridging the right of the people to petition the government for redress of grievances? What does it mean? So we checked history, and we went all the way back to the cradle of liberty, the Magna Carta. And in Section 61, the, the Magna Carta was signed by the king at a time when the monarchy was, had absolute power. What year you, was that, approximately? 1215. 1215, that seems... In, at Runnymede. And um, it was a time when, they, when the, you couldn't sue the king. The king was, you know, a representative of God. Right. Off with his head. <laughs> and uh, could do no wrong. And there he was confronted by the barons, and he signed the Magna Carta. Section 61 says, almost word for word, it says, if the people have grievances, if they feel that their rights have been trampled, any four of the 25 barons can approach the monarchy, can approach the king, and if I'm out of the country, Magna Carta says, then the chief justice. 
and can present their grievances. If we don't respond in 41 days, then the people have the right to take our castles, our lands, wow. everything we own. The people can take it, save the life, my life, the life of the queen, and the life of our children. Wow. And so that, every, everything that he has. If, if they don't respond in 41 days to the people's petitions for redress of grievances. So that was the beginning. Mm-hmm. And the right to speech and press are derivative rights, it turns out. What good is the right to petition if you couldn't speak about it and, and write about it? Sure. And so the right to petition was claimed and exercised more and more throughout history, and then it, it re- eventually reached our shores. And in 1774, the Continental Congress was meeting in Philadelphia, and they this was the, not an irrelevant Congress. It's the same Congress that passed the Declaration of, or adopted the Declaration of Independence. But the Revolutionary War was underway, and they signed an act, adopted an act unanimously. And the purpose of the act was to um, encourage, it was, the, the title of it is, To the Inhabitants of Quebec. It was an act to encourage the Canadians to join our revolution. But in that eight-page act, the founders were talking about the great or grand rights, the great rights of the individual. And in talking about the first of the great rights, the right of, to government based upon the consent of the people, they said this, and I'll quote, If money is wanted by rulers who have in any manner oppressed the people, they may retain it until their grievances are redressed and thus peaceably procure relief without trusting to despise petitions or disturbing the public tranquility, end quote. So they said, if the people have evidence that the government has in any manner oppressed them, violated their rights, they may retain their money until their grievances are redressed or remedied, and thus peaceably procure relief. It's a non-violent way to hold the government accountable. Civil disobedience, if you will. Without trusting to despise petitions. They knew we had the right to petition, but they also knew government didn't like opposition from any quarter. They may not answer you. And so you had the right to um, retain your money. It's a peaceful way of procuring relief without disturbing the public tranquility. A year later, Jefferson, in writing to Lord North over in England, he said in 1775, the privilege of giving or withholding our monies is an important barrier against the undue exertion of prerogative, which, if left altogether without control, may be exercised to our great oppression. And all history shows how efficacious its intercession for redress of grievances and reestablishment of rights, and how improvident would be the surrender of so powerful a mediator. How improvident... How improv- uh, um, improvident it would be to surrender the right to retain your money if the government has stepped outside the boundaries that we the people have drawn around its power. So Thomas Jefferson said you don't have to pay your taxes unless the government's willing to at least answer your questions. Yes, he was saying that uh, look, we have a rule book. The Constitution is all that stands between the people and total tyranny and despotism. Mm -hmm. And if government steps outside the boundaries that we the people have drawn around their power We have evidence of that, and we can petition them for a remedy to that grievance. If they don't respond, 
then you can retain your money, withdraw your allegiance, mm. until your grievances are redressed. And of course, he knew that if the First Amendment doesn't work, the Second Amendment would. Yeah. Mm. So um, it was a, a two-step process, where in the Magna Carta, it was a one-step process. They don't respond in 41 days, throw them, you know, throw them out of the castle, take his land, and, and, and so forth. And you have the legal right to do that. Here, our Constitution gives us a two-step process. And this right to petition, we find, is all part of the carefully crafted balance of power between the people, the states, and the federal government. We have the ultimate power. We're the ultimate arbiter of what's constitutional and what's not. And if government doesn't respond, then we have the right to withdraw our allegiance, our support. Withdraw your consent. Exactly. And what better way to do that? What there's no other nonviolent way to hold the government accountable. I like to call the petition clause the accountability clause. It's there to hold the government accountable. You know, Bob, I wish we had more time tonight, but it's been absolutely fascinating listening to you. You guys are definitely standing on the shoulders of history here, and hopefully you guys will be able to make some history and uh, get this heard in the Supreme Court and maybe in a favorable way. Can people get involved? Of course. Give me liberty.org. Exactly. Get on the mailing list. I'm on the list, so okay. we'll keep our listeners up to date with what's going Good on. To be Bob, here with thanks you for guys. being here this weekend uh, at the Liberty Forum. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Features there for free. I, I barely even mentioned tonight the way you can help support the show, the uh, variety of ways you can help support the show. Of course, we did talk about the Free Talk Live store. There's also amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. And uh, then there, of course, is the AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. You can help us get on more radio stations around the country, spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide and as fast as possible. And you get perks, too, like the ac uh, access to the AMP-only call-in line, which isn't any good tonight, unfortunately, because we're live on location at the 2008 Liberty Forum. Also, the AMP-only chat room, which also isn't any good tonight because that <laughs> requires us to have our camera on, which we can't because we're live. Uh, but you can have the AMP-only forum. That's available 24 hours a day. Anyway, there's uh, there's some other perks there. AMP.freetalklive.com. We need to take a quick phone call. We're going to get to our next guest here in a moment. Uh, let's talk to Cheyenne in Toronto. Cheyenne, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi. I just wanted to talk about my uh, my opposition towards the fact that um, Obama won. You're, you're opposed to you're that opposed fact? To winning? Yes, I am. Okay. Hi. What does that I, mean? I wanted to... Sorry? What does that mean exactly? I, I, I don't really I, I don't really agree with the fact that Obama won. Okay, you disagree that he won. Yeah. Okay. You think someone else won? The Yahoo News um, that gets its news from Reuters, which is in Britain, said that uh, Obama won. Right. Yeah, and so did pretty much everyone else. What's your point exactly? My point is that I want to see uh, what the, what the outcome will be when a woman um, wins an American election and becomes the first woman to win. Well, I want to see how a woman could run the American. American well, uh, I don't I don't know if you're going to see that happen anytime soon, but uh, it's possible. I mean, it it could happen. 
And, and also, many, many Iranians are supporting, um, what's it called, are supporting Clinton because uh, she has a, um, an attack Iran platform because because of the oppression that the regime is the regime is very oppressive. You're saying so that forth. Iranians are supporting attacking their own people? No, they're supporting attacking the oppressive regime. I see. But that you is, have to understand that when they drop bombs on the regime, they're also going to be dropping bombs on their family members. So I don't know if you speak for all of the Iranians out there. Uh, I don't really know what else to say to that. But uh, if you don't think Obama won, then, you know, you're certainly entitled to that opinion. I personally could care less who won the Democratic contest. It's a non-issue to me. Thanks for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. Completely irrelevant. Are you still there? What's that? You're supposed to care. This is like political radio. No, it's not like political radio, sweetie. Have a nice night. 800-259-9231. In fact, I hate politics and want to destroy it. Well, uh, all, the, all the Democrats are the same, as far as I can tell. Yeah, whatever. All a bunch of communists. All right, so let's uh, go to our next guest here. Uh, again, uh, we are talking to a variety of interesting folk here at the wonderful 2008 Liberty Forum. A number of them, I think, would like to get rid of politics entirely. Some want to keep a little bit of government around. There's uh, maybe a variety of opinions here. And I don't know where Peter Ayer stands from the Institute of Humane Studies. Peter, government or self-government? I'm all for self-government, definitely. Excellent, sir. So what is the Institute for Humane Studies? Um, Institute for Humane Studies, or IHS, we're a uh, 501c3, a nonprofit educational institute. We're based out of George Mason University in Arlington, Virginia. And our mission, in a nutshell, is to help create a world more congenial to freedom. Because using voluntary interaction instead of coercive interaction would be a lot more humane, wouldn't it? This is correct, and that's what we advocate, and we try to introduce that idea to folks who may not have experienced it before, been been, uh, been informed of that. What's the website? Uh, the website is theihs.org. As in the Institute for Humane Studies. But you're also here talking about the Institute for Humane Studies campus network. And Free Talk Live is a uh, talk radio show that obviously has a bit of a younger appeal. I'm in my uh, you know late 20s, Mark uh, in his mid-30s. So, so, uh, so we, just, just by the nature of our voices being on the radio, are going to attract younger listeners. And uh, inevitably, a number of college-age people are listening to Free Talk Live. What's and sitting I- in this room. But they are here. Uh, what's the cam- what's the campus network about? How's that tie into the mission uh, for the uh, the IHS? Right. Well, IHS in general, we we work with college students. Um, one to, edu- to help educate folks, and two to uh, help identify folks who are going to be uh, force multipliers. You know, folks that are going to be in positions to uh, introduce the ideas of liberty to other people, whether that's in academia or policy or journalism. So, and we have scholarships and seminars and internships for that. But my, the program that I work with. Uh, that you just mentioned, the ISGS Campus Network. The idea behind that is to uh, relate more one-on-one with individuals, student individuals, and organizations on campus, like to make them more than just a name on a spreadsheet. So I actually go, and my colleagues go and visit schools, meet with students, help figure out what the issues are on their campus, provide them with resources so they can have a greater impact on campus to spread the ideas of liberty. How have you been received so far? It's been, I mean, it's definitely a work in progress. We just started this program in the fall. Um, you know, we're, we're learning every step of the way. It's a, it's definitely a, a real-world example of creative destruction, learning what works well and what doesn't work well. But, I mean, the students thus far, um, you know, it, from what, what my impression is, is, is they love us coming out. And, you know, I just draw so much inspiration from meeting with these folks. It's, uh, you know, on one extreme, I may, may, may meet with a couple of students who are just wanting to get a group started off the ground. And on the other extreme, there may be a really active group already, and it's just figuring out, you know, 
um, what what tools we can help provide them. Okay, what do you provide them? Uh, well, one of them is you know like the name implies the network. We we do have a, a good network of um, of professors, of policy wonks, and journalists and things. So we're able to like if they want to bring in a speaker, we're able to like plug them in, help brainstorm who to bring in. We can also provide some funding uh, for speakers. We can provide some books for intellectual development. Um, we have a DVD library, different things like that. And we also want to kind of cut through the noise, let them know of the, the programs available through IHS, like our summer seminars. We have, like this year coming up, we'll have close to 900 students come to 14 free week seminars. Um, so it's, it's just what, great what are some of the things they might learn at one of those? Um, well, we, they, range, they range all the way from like an introductory seminar, which we call Exploring Liberty. And it's basically, that's for, you know, sophomore, sophomores or juniors in college. They mm-hmm. may have never heard of libertarianism before. They show up and we just kind of... We do an interdic- introduction, kind of interdisciplinary. Is that because uh, freshmen are still drunk, or I mean, what, what uh, well, <laughs> I mean, we definitely bring some freshmen in okay. as well. That's true. So, uh, all the way to like an advanced seminar where we have, you know, we talk about some pretty high caliber stuff, and there's some pretty, pretty uh, smart folks there, and we have some single issue seminars on civil liberties or globalization, environmental issues. Now, where's it ha- is that happening at your headquarters, or is that at different campuses around the country? Correct, the latter. This uh, we we hold the, the 14 different week long seminars are all over the country. Um, so it's convenient then, more right, convenient. Right, they're free. The students uh, fill out a quick little essay. They um, they pay their own travel costs, but after that, you know, we put them up, we feed them, we give them books. And wow. It's just a great opportunity and experience. That's fantastic because I've, I've known people, I've known some young people at colleges, and I generally have always gotten the feeling that, you know, they like to talk a good game about doing things, but when the, you know, when it actually comes down to taking action, they're more likely to just sit in their dorm room. Smoke pot. Not that there's anything wrong with sitting in the dorm room smoking <laughs> pot. True. Uh, but but when that's all you do and you don't actually go out and you don't actually do anything, it can be kind of depressing uh, to see that happening. You're seeing something different. You're seeing them actually getting active. And I, right. I think the Ron Paul campaign is also oh, seeing that. Have you guys been able to tie in or, or, or somehow um, get right. involved in that? Well, as a, as a C3, we don't necessarily – we can't endorse a political sure. candidate, but – one thing I do when I go to schools is I, you know, I look at these student for Ron Paul lists, and I, I can email the students directly and say, "Hey, I'm going to be meeting on campus with some libertarians. Right. If you want to join us, like, do it up." That's a great idea because so, those are the doers. Those exactly. are the people that are going to uh, lead the organizations and bring other people on right, board. Right. Exactly. So, very cool. Yeah, and we try to, like you said, it's it's uh, in every in every college class or maybe one or two students that are very active and you know really interested in learning and. Uh, just back to our summer seminars quick, you know, we may have 70 kids that are just like that, that are really eager to learn, so it's really a, it's a great environment. You just see the light bulbs going on and, and kids really asking tough questions and thinking for themselves. How does, uh, if, if somebody's listening, uh, a college student's listening and wants to get involved, how do they do that? Um, I would definitely advocate, uh, go to theihs.org and check out our programs and feel free to get in contact with me. Um, my email is on uh, on our website on the staff section, but... Um, it's also You're Peter Ayer, by the way. That's correct. So Peter you can Ayer. help them um, at their school, or they can come to IHS or one of their many uh, satellite uh, seminars and learn more about Liberty that Correct. Way. Yeah, if you're interested in, uh, in either myself or my colleague coming to visit your school or just working with you in other ways, just email campus at theihs.org. What a wonderful idea, because... If there's any place, one of the, you know, if there's any place in America where the ideas of liberty need to be heard, it's college campuses. Right, right. I mean, what great counter-education, counter-programming, if you George will. George Mason's university is good about that, I can tell you. <laughs> so, uh, hey, Peter, thanks for coming here. We know you're also a Free State Project member, oh. and uh, congratulations on that thanks. and uh, your future move to New Hampshire. Thanks for coming on Free Talk yeah, Live Keep tonight. up the good work, Ed. We thanks. will. In fact, we're going to be back tomorrow night for more of this live from the 2008 Liberty Forum this 
is Free Talk Live. 